every time. There we go. Is there ever been a time where I've not just muted on, on the start? Have we ever had like a clean start to a podcast yet? Why were you muted that time? I was muted that time, yeah. Oh, thinking, okay, like, yeah. Can, can you think of a single time where we have like recorded the podcast where it's actually started well? Uh, I mean, for audio listeners, probably. Probably, yeah, because we edit it. Oh, I'm just realizing I didn't, <laughs> didn't put my soundproofing down. Oh, fuck's sake. Uh, there's a bit there. There we go. Let's get this up. This is on my camera. Can you see my soundproofing? Is that A loud? little bit. A little bit. Just at the bottom. Oh, it's fine. Oh, it's, super, it's super nice. It's right in the way. It's like really hard. Like, I'm trying to like, get my... Uh, uh, Can you tell it's uh, warm today when we're both there with like the open necks? Like, uh, yeah, uh, that's the one. Like, this is one of those shirts that I have that I never wear anymore because like, oh, just, it's so thin. And then I looked at it and went, I need that thinness. And I, I need <laughs> that shirt that feels just like nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. But uh, yeah, how you been, mon frere? Uh, also, well, oh, shit, what's the episode today? Uh, 86. 86, man, look at that. We're flying through these, aren't we? What, 14 more? And we're at yeah. 100. And, and maybe we can actually be together at episode 100 to do something a bit weird with it, but... Maybe. We couldn't do that now because I have to self-isolate. Yay. Yay. And I guess we could start with that because... Well, Carl, I wanted to start with one, one okay. thing. I didn't warn you because I, I know you like to do like the whole like professionally unprofessional thing. But I of wanted course, yeah. to just start with the, like, the housekeeping of... Um, is this podcast has been like available on other podcast services other than Spotify for a while? Have you just not announced it yet? Um, we've announced it, but like the numbers just aren't aren't there at all. And I know people have probably got used to being on Spotify, but when we said it was only on Spotify, we got a ton of people like, oh, we got dare so many it not yeah. be on like Apple Music and stuff. And the moment it's on there, no one's using it. So I just want to announce like it is on like Google Podcasts, it is on Apple Podcast, like Apple mm-hmm. Music. It's on, um, like, a couple of other ones that I can't remember the names of, but I basically Googled, like, the five most popular podcast services, and it's on, like, the other the other few as well. And you put it on there, and then no one's listening. It's almost like people don't know what they want. Yeah, yeah. So I spent, like, a good couple of days just on and off trying to get approvals for all these different podcast services, get the account set up, etc., etc., and no one's using them. So I just thought I'd mention at the start, like, the analytics just aren't there. Like, please use them. It's not costing us extra but you guys said you wanted it (laughs) those things that you said you wanted i distinctly recall getting actual formal letters of complaint like emails Mm -hmm. of complaint i should say from people who were offended i I never get over the size of that drink yeah Um, i know that like like, 2.2 liter bottle yeah offended on a moral level at the idea they had to download a free app to listen to the podcast for free it's like it's like when we put oh, 50 hours of content, like, oh, here's 50 hours of content free. It's like, but why can't I listen to it on this? It's like, because it costs us money. And then I always found it funny because the biggest um, argument was like, I hate how Spotify does adverts. It's like, but, but the podcasts no don't have adverts unless like you put them in to the recording yourself. Like Spotify, the app, doesn't monetize podcasts, or at least no. it doesn't the time of recording. As far as I'm aware, it doesn't, but... Uh... Yeah, I guess if you want to like, you know, listen to the podcast on another format, um, click away from whatever you listen to now and do there. But yeah, I just thought I'd mention it because like I keep checking the analytics and like nobody's using it. So I figured, you know, here's probably where we can reach people the easiest because people are actually on the listening. podcast itself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that'd be a good one though, wouldn't it? Like you're announcing via the podcast, like the other ways you can listen to the podcast. That can work. exactly. Yeah. 
And I, I, is it one of those situations where you're looking at the numbers and thinking, I might be one of these listens? Like, there's so few that I could be one of the. I oh, could genuinely, have been yeah. Like, these it's in like the single figures for the most part on other things where we're getting. After like, all the complaints, we're we getting got. thousands of listens on Spotify and like dozens of listens on Apple Music, which is considered like m- multiple times more popular. So I'm like, something's got to be said because it's just not adding up. Oh, it's because people maybe that's not aware. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why I wanted to just bring that in a little bit. And like, even if you mention it in like the um, just the description of the uh, YouTube version of this podcast, people still mm-hmm. aren't going to see that. And no like, one... I've, I've tweeted it out, and you've retweeted it, but then people can miss that quite easily and stuff. Yeah, it happens, doesn't it? And um, that reminds me a little bit. Like, fuck it. Let's not talk about me potentially having COVID. Let's talk about something else. Because uh, did you see the thing Adam has been dealing with this week? This is one of those stories where it's just really funny to me. Um, I know, uh, like about the. Is this about, like, the person who... Yes. Like, you know, sent him shit a while ago and stuff. Okay, so let's let's set the scene as it's been told to me. And the story as it's been told to me is that Adam, um, who's appeared on the... I don't think he's appeared on the podcast, but he's been on the channel a couple of times. Mm-hmm. He is um, uh, uh, the current um, uh, partner. He's the beau of Nisha. Uh, so, that, you know, and he's good friends with, like, you know, everyone behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know him. We've all known him for many years. And uh, yeah. he has his own, like, social media presence, his own YouTube presence... Or he did, but then like he stepped away from YouTube, and then he came back, and now he just does marble races on Twitch. Like, that's yeah, the I believe thing he it's decided. like Adam's marble races on Twitch, which are like you know, I think um, I've said to him like I'll probably try and co-stream and try and get him some more followers on there, and I've, I've like the same marble thing, yeah. races with him. When we're able to meet up in person, like I'm happy, I like, you know sit on one of those because it just sound like a laugh, but. Uh, yeah, uh, and he has um, similar to both of us. He has a Discord. You know, mm-hmm. we we're, we're we're creators. Yeah, we've we've got we've got our Discord, social medias, all these online presences, and um, in that he has a relatively tight knit community of I don't know how big the community is, but it's like you know, it's very tight knit. Like you know, I think he's he's pretty much like personable with every single person on it. It's yeah, like I that. think he's got like a, a small niche following that like um, like he hasn't got a small niche following. There's a small group on there that have like a, a tight knit community as you said and like yeah and you uh, know want to meet up and stuff like that and chat yeah, adam's per- adam's personality is that like, he's very very personal more so than i am to the point yeah, where too, like, yeah. like he has um like meetups with the people on that like, i think he had one a couple of weeks ago uh, so like, just mm-hmm. as an idea of like you know how much uh, the people on there are like you know a, co- a, a community in every sense of the word yeah and um there was just a dude it was part of these streams. I don't want to name any names, but like you know, just, just set the scene. There's a, there's a guy who was in there who was also streaming. He was on that streaming life. Yeah. Like, you, know, graft. you know, he's he's, he's gra- like true graft, and mm-hmm. um, he was getting about two, three people per stream. This is this other guy, not Adam, because Adam's actually yeah. doing really well on uh, Twitch at the he moment. Is. Yeah. And um, uh, just he was asking people. Keep in mind as well in this um, Discord that Adam runs, like almost everyone watches everyone else's stuff. It's like it's one of those things like, oh yeah, if you're online, we'll post it in here, we'll watch. Mm-hmm. Um, he asked Adam for some advice. And Adam's advice basically boiled down to just stream less. Because to set the scene, uh, me and you, we stream what, three times a week? Maybe more if there's like a special I mean, event. three days a week, but technically four times because we do like two wednesday uh different like streams we do this and then a couple of hours later when i've edited this we do yeah. a gaming stream afterwards so three nights four times yeah and generally we'll aim for about like seven to eleven o'clock start time um mm-hmm. at gmt um because that's like you know the best time we've figured out to get people from the uk and from america which is like our two primary audiences yeah uh, 
And we do that. And keep in mind, it's like with the Fact Fiend audience of about like what, 700,000. And then my personal reach on like Twitter, like 20,000. And then Twitch, I think it averages out like 100 viewers oh, um, nice. overall. And that's just like, just an example of like, you know, just as something gets more and more niche and people expect to like click more and more links, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Of course. Yeah. Even with that, we do three. Four, maybe. Five mm-hmm. at a push if we've got a lot of stuff to do that week. This yeah. guy was streaming about five to six times a week in sometimes multiple times per day, including mm-hmm. like first thing in the morning um, when he's getting an average of like two people watching. Yeah. And, and um, like, one of... I was going to oh, yeah. say, like, I all, I'm all for and completely support like people, as I say, grafting away on Twitch. It's really hard to like actually grow those numbers without having it is. A, a, as you similar to you have like a inbuilt fan base to try and push over and even then it's difficult yeah because people just aren't inclined to click on things that take them away from the site they're currently on but um mm-hmm. uh, the important thing to note there is that this guy was streaming multiple times per week and one of the things that according to adam he was like you know lamenting in this discord is like oh it's really starting to take a toll on my personal life like um I, just because I'm doing it so much. And Adam's advice was just stream less. Mm-hmm. Just do, just stream less. Like, you know, just one or two times less a week. And I think and I believe... he was saying, I believe, if I'm, if I'm telling this right, he was saying rather than stream like, you know, I should say six times a week or whatever, doing it in mm-hmm. one or two hours blocks, like do say two or three times, but extend the block. So you stream in the same amount of time, but you've got a bit more of a consistent viewer base and you've got a bit more like consistency in the times that you're going live and stuff. Yeah, and if you do it like multiple times per day, that's just like, it's never going to be fun. And um, uh, I think one of the things Adam told the guy is like, yeah, you've mentioned your wife on, like, you know, in here a a few times. Like, maybe spend some more time with your wife. And this guy went fucking apeshit. Like, he Mm -hmm. flipped the fuck out. Like, he was screaming. I've seen, like, the DMs that this guy was sending Adam. Like, screaming at him. Like you, how fucking dare you tell me what to do? And then, like that alone is pretty funny. Like this guy's getting really mad. I, I asked the guy for advice. He gave me advice, but the advice wasn't the advice I wanted. And now I'm mad about it. Because I, I, a lot of the times I don't know this guy personally, but a lot of the times when somebody asks for advice, especially from strangers, all they expect to hear is like, "No, you're doing great. Keep doing what you're doing." Yeah, it's the the Gordon Ramsay problem, isn't it? Like we invited Gordon Ramsay to our restaurant. Because we want him to fix our restaurant. Gordon Ramsay comes in. Your food's shit and you're charging too much. Do this, this, this and this. Well, you're wrong. Yeah. Who the fuck are you to tell me how to run my business? It's like, you asked me to come here. I've got 19 <laughs> successful restaurants with my name on them. You've got one failing restaurant. It's yeah. that attitude, isn't it? And uh, this guy flipped the fuck out and then started, like I said, which is funny enough in of itself, but what really got to Adam is that he started making fun of Adam's mental health. So... Dick move right there, dude. And then he started saying that he's more successful than Adam and Adam doesn't know what he's talking about. Keep in mind, this guy's getting two viewers per stream, which were from Adam's Discord. Yeah, yeah. So he's like bragging about the fact I'm more successful than you when I am leeching off of your reach and audience for my own success. And started dropping stuff like, yeah, I've got people from like Starbucks and Dairy Queen reaching out for like, you know, sponsored streams and as someone who is like i'm gonna say i've got what, 50 times the audience that guy does no they're not no and yeah that just like you know devolved into this whole mess of this guy just absolutely refusing to accept that maybe maybe he was wrong 
and um, it resulted in him getting kicked out of the Discord, which he didn't like, and he was messaging everybody he could. Keep in mind as well, this is Adam's Discord, where he knows everyone personally. Yeah. He's And that everyone saw this go down in real time on the Discord, and he was messaging people in the Discord, like, you need to leave right now, because Adam's <laughs> a prick. Like, have you seen what he's been saying to me? It's like, yeah, we all saw it, fuck you, you're being a prick. It really reminds me of the energy of that message I showed you a while ago, like back when we could meet up, of... Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen the way that Carl treats people online? You don't know him. I know him much better. You should, like, stop talking to him. He's a selfish prick. It's like, A, he's been my friend for 10 years. For, for and a you've decade. interacted with him once. B, he's also a friend that, like, has helped me get into a creative field and provide me a job. Like, how is that him being selfish? And it's yeah. no response. Like, yeah. just Yeah, this is why I find it really funny. Because, you know, it's, it's, like, quite... Uh, like the similarities between the stuff that I've experienced, but I know it's on a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, know, no, no shade on Adam with that. You know, it's just it's, it's got a smaller audience. So it's like it's weird to see that even with that small audience, like this kind of behaviour um, uh, can still be um, uh, what's the word now? Not tolerated. Um, when you like, when you in, oh, there's a word I'm thinking of now. I'm not. Oh God, don't you hate that? Was the tip of your tongue? This kind of behaviour can be. Uh, Fostered. It's the word fostered, maybe? Maybe, yeah. Maybe someone in chat can help me with the word I'm trying to think of here. But I know that um, that kind of behavior, it can be like, you know, fostered and built despite like, you know, the audience being like very, very small and very niche and everyone there knowing each other. And as I said, like this guy was just like very mean. Um, and one of the things that Adam revealed to me is that, um, yeah, one of the reasons I suggested he should probably spend more time with his wife is in conversations in the Discord publicly, he's talking about the fact that... Uh, He's saying out loud in front of his wife, I might leave you for a fan because I've now got such a big following. Other people, like, you know, I might start getting other girls sniffing around. You should be careful. And it's like, maybe you shouldn't do that in front of your what? wife. Yeah. I've never heard that part of the story. That, that's yeah. disgraceful. Like That's one of the de- like the details that Adam just found really, really unsavory of him bragging about the fact that with my new massive audience and my reach, um, it's only a matter of time till like, you know other fans start come sniffing. And he was saying this in front of his wife. And then to try and make his wife feel better about it, forced her to become one of his moderators. And like, I already cultivated. Have that's it. Cultivated. Someone in the chat with that. That kind of yeah, attitude has been go. cultivated in like you know a much smaller. And you think, you know, a friendlier place. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, everyone knows each. Everyone else knows everyone else. It's not like you know in a fucking YouTube comment section or something like that, like where there's like vast mm-hmm. like, amounts of people and just complete anonymity. This is a small niche, close knit community of people who all knew each other, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And. Yeah, I was going to say that I have zero respect for that person anyway, but I now have negative respect for that person yeah. finding that out. But yeah, generally speaking, speaking as someone who, I, you know, I'm, again, doing the, the Twitch and YouTube game and I have a, mm-hmm. a lo- much smaller audience than you and I've like gained a lot of an audience from that yes. of yours as well, which I much appreciate. But generally speaking, I find that the people who take the effort to go like through Fat Fiend to find me are like, fans who actually want to engage positively yeah. and therefore you kind of find that because you're not just getting mass exposed to like say the front page of youtube with people who don't know you it generally yeah you come across negativity a lot less yeah and that's why this is so fascinating to me and um uh, that was like three or four months ago and mm-hmm. adam thought you know, it was all done and dusted but then something else happened 
um, which is why I want to talk about it today. And it was okay. that this guy randomly got into a Twitter beef with, I think it's Alana Pierce. I'm sure right, that's yeah. a name that you probably know that. That name is Alana Pierce. Yeah, I, I let follow her and stuff. And you just want to like tell people who she is because I recognise the name and the face, but not what she um, does because I don't follow gaming news that much. So Alana Pierce worked at like IGN and uh, Funhouse and does a lot of her own solo content on YouTube and podcasts and stuff. And now I believe works at the writing team at Sony Santa Monica who do God of War. Yeah, so she's vastly more successful than anybody involved with this scenario. And especially mm. um, uh, more successful than the guy we're talking about, yeah. who again will remain, remain nameless. And um, it's one of those weird things where I have a couple of people that I don't follow on Twitter, but every couple of days will just you know go search their name and scroll right. through their posts because they post so much. I don't want to follow them, but they generally like will you know just have a good. Um, recap of news and like there's a guy I follow for like gaming news, guy I follow for like filming news, and another guy I follow for like just news in general. Okay, yeah. But they post so much that I don't like to follow them properly because my Twitter feed is just them the entire day. I prefer like, you know, just do one big binge of like, you no, know, here's three days worth of gaming news and stories, that sort of thing. And while I was like on that, um, his Twitter feed, I saw him retweeting um, Alana Pierce just calling that guy a piece of shit. I'm like, holy, wait, what did he do? Um, how, did, how did he go from, you know, having a, a beef with Adam to like now just like starting shit on Twitter with like some like some big famous person? And it turns out mm-hmm. that um, I, I think Alana Pierce had tweeted something out like, "Oh, I want to." Uh, uh, it's really hard to get an Xbox One Series X. It's really difficult. Right. Uh, maybe they should fix that. And this dude read that and thought, "What a entitled." And, and I don't want to use the word um, that he probably thought right. when he saw yeah. that because you know it's a, not a nice way to refer to women. But and he decided to just absolutely slate her for being entitled. Like, how dare you expect an Xbox? And she's like, I didn't. That's not what I did. And then she just retweeted him, just saying, "No, that's not what I did. Fuck you." And then because she has a massive following, mm-hmm. they all started giving that guy cuff. Like, the fuck are you talking about, dude? Like, no, that's not what she said. You're a fucking moron. And then he started arguing with every single one of her followers. The this is something I asked Adam, like, did you see this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because Adam's like me, where he's like fascinated with this kind of thing. Right. And okay. he followed this and like he was responding to every single person who's responding to this thing dunking on him, culminating him saying, I refuse to be silenced. I will respond. I will argue with everyone who wants a piece. And it's like an entire day of that. Can you imagine as well, this guy's got a wife. Yeah. And that's one thing that this white starts to get darkly fascinating for me. Because then you think into this guy's head of, he sat there in his house on his phone next to his wife. And he's just been there. And I was looking down his like feed when this happened. It's like, this has been every 20 minutes for the past like seven hours. What, 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 <sighs> what is that like, like in the house that he is in? Yeah, yeah. And like because you know Adam um, is like a fucking don. You know, one of the amusing details that he managed to find out is this guy a week earlier had been tweeting at Xbox asking for a free Xbox because he's a big <laughs> because he's a big streamer and he needs an Xbox to show to his audience. Well, he's got to show you know Starbucks what sponsorship yeah. material he is by getting yeah. free Xboxes. Yeah, it's like the projection is so real. But that's not like um, that's and one of the reasons that I want to talk about this is because. Um, in a conversation with Adam and then later my girlfriend about this, I said, like, this is a 
a really unique opportunity here because we get to see the evolution of that guy. And by that guy, I mean the person who does nothing but hiss at women on Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, like, this is obviously someone who is convinced of their own hype, as evidenced by all the stuff that happened with Adam. It really and, seems like it, yeah. And he is just, he smells his own farts. Like, he believes his own hype. He thinks that he is the hottest shit in the world, mm-hmm. but he has no audience. Because he has, like, as mentioned, like, one or two people watching his streams. This is how he turns into one of those guys because he's going to realize because this is the most attention he has ever had online. And he got it by just being an abrasive prick towards someone else. Yeah, and it's one of those things of I would feel awful if someone had responded in that way. And then, you know, seeing the bandwagon as a sign of like, maybe I shouldn't have this opinion. Maybe I should calm the fuck down. But when you're that like seemingly just twisted and focused on i need views i need to be something any Any attention is good attention attention. yeah in the same way like you know any news is bad news any attention for that person is probably like holy shit like by being an awful horrible human being i got to interact with a load of people on twitter they all know who i am now yeah and that's why i was so fascinated by it's like this is the this is the evolution of this is the origins like you never see the middle ground between that deal you never get to see the origin story occur no, you always just see that dickhead online. You think, how did they end up like this? How did you end up just being the kind of person who just goes online and just screams at people? Like, when does that no... slippery slope occur? Yeah. And this is it. This is exactly when it happens. And mm-hmm. that was like three or four months ago now when all that kicked off. And then um, as of like two, three days ago, it turns out that that guy has not forgotten about Adam. Because when Adam, uh, because Adam now, as mentioned, he's gone to Marble Streaming, he's doing really well doing that. Yeah, he is, yeah. Like he's doing really, really, really well on Twitch doing that, more so than that other guy, which he's probably not very happy about because when Adam was streaming a couple of days ago, he was getting messages from people in his streams saying, I just got a DM from some dude saying that you're a prick. It's like, what? And it's that guy. He's going into Adam's streams and then messaging people in his streams, like, stop watching these streams. So Adam just shared all the DMs again. and look. This is how it went down. He's just salty that he's not. Um... So that's why Adam brought that back up on Twitter. Yeah. Right, okay. And I just wanted to talk. Like, like um, how often do you get to see the origins of something like that? You never see that 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 moment, the moment yeah, that, that causes that, them. What, as you say, probably a couple of months over the past few months, like since this all occurred, mm-hmm. of just the clear spiral into. Oh, all this negative shit posting is garnering me more and more attention. Yeah. This is what I need to do. And like that's why I wanted to like just bring it up because it's a really inter- it's interesting to me to see that because that guy as mentioned, he started off as like, you know, just a welcome part of that community who mm-hmm. like posted and was very well liked amongst everyone there. And then just one thing, one thing set him off. And since then now, like and apparently according to Adam, who's like, you know, he'd not thought about it for three months. Checks yeah. his account. Oh, he just argues with people now. Like he just finds people to yell at, and then argues with the people who respond to that, um, who follow that person. Mm-hmm. And I vaguely and, recognize the name. I think like they used to be part of like my chat in some streams. Like I think they did. That's yes. where I recognize it from. And it's just weird to see this person was like just coming to each of our streams and like being a normal person. And now, flash forward half a year later, and they're just down this weird rabbit hole of just hatred 
All because they got told, stream less and spend more time with your wife. Yeah, and it's very bizarre and just... Yeah. It's not nice to see. It's but... not nice to see, no, but it is fascinating. It is, it, it is it, darkly fascinating, yeah. It's, it's one of those things that I, I probably shouldn't think about it as much as I do. Because I think about stuff <laughs> that is like way, 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 way too much. Because like I find all this stuff just really, just genuinely interesting to see. Mm-hmm. And to think about as well. Like I've often talked about um, viewing stuff like that and then putting yourself in that person's shoes and imagining what led to that moment. Or imagining yeah, sure, what yeah. their life like is like outside of um, like, you know, a specific sphere that you're witnessing in it. Like imagining that dude sat there for seven hours straight on his phone while his wife's there. Yeah, and just like, no, give me a few more minutes. I need to like post a few more arguments. It's literally, it's literally that XKCD uh, comic where it's like, you coming to bed, honey? No, somebody is wrong on the internet. <laughs> it's literally that. Yeah. And yeah, that's just something that um, I saw breaking down. I thought it'd be, a, it'd be a, not fun, but at the very least, I hope interesting. Just because, and, and I'm hoping that my retelling of it is accurate, uh, one, accurate, and two, something people are able to follow. Because just, as you said, that downward spiral mm. is so fascinating to me of how gradually it seemed to happen, but now how drastic the difference between the person six months ago is to the person now. Yeah. Where six months ago, as you said, like they were in all of our streams, it was like, you know, a nice, um, relatively harmless, just facet of, like, you know, our lives mm-hmm. online. And then with Adam, they were part of his community. And then six months later, they're just like a raging knobhead. Yeah. And all they do is scream and they're bitter about a single interaction they've not gotten over yet. And it's, it's crazy how people hold grudges like that. And I'm sure you're, uh, oh, yeah, I'm stranger to things like, people grasping onto a single interaction and just going down a rabbit hole of hatred and shit. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to be dealing with that for the rest of my career. Yeah. Um, I'll be dealing with it for the rest of my life, uh, most um, likely, if I remain online. Yes. Um, in some capacity, using the same username and stuff like that. It's going to be something that's just it's an aspect of content creation that is unavoidable. Well, I see it all the time, and I, I follow quite a few different um, creators on Twitter and such, and no matter who it is, and no matter what they're announcing, it's like, Oh, you know, I um, I just saw like the completionist was like on G4 TV, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, cool! Like, I get to work with them now. This is a really cool, happy, exciting announcement." You just see people in the comments go, "I fucking hate that guy." Is that why? Like, I I don't know, you know, what they've had an interaction with them or whatnot. Like, I don't follow his community closely or whatever. But mm-hmm. just seeing, no matter what creator it is, there's always those people who are just like that obsessive hatred over them. Yeah, and I can, you know, 100% empathise. And you know, that's a subject we've talked about um, way, way too much. That's a horse. Like, it's not even beating the dead horse anymore. We're playing, like, xylophone on its ribcage at this point. Yeah. As, mm-hmm. like, the shark jumps overhead and we're dragging it <laughs> to a finish line, you know, as part of this laboured metaphor that I don't even know where it's going. So, because we can go all the way back and say, yeah, I, I might have COVID. I went to, speaking of Adam, I went to Alton Towers last week with Adam. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not the sen- most sensible thing to have done, but I've been stuck inside for a year. I've had my first vaccine, and like you know, things when you... are opening up now, and it's expected that people are starting to go outside and do yeah. normal activities again. Yeah. And I thought after a year, after a year of not being able to do anything, people would take having the access to these things again seriously. They'd like you know treat Carlo, it. Carl. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm saying it. I can already see your face, <laughs> like. I had 
a little bit of hope for humanity. I don't, it's, it's that Onion article, isn't it? Of just like, man who thought he'd lost all hope, lost extra little bit of hope he didn't even know he had. <laughs> I, only it's the, my faith in humanity. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, and we were, you know, in the queue to get in and like on the parks, like, must wear masks inside, must wear masks, must wear masks. All the, like, the um, stuff on the website as we were booking tickets, wear masks, wear masks, wear masks. Adhere to social distancing regulations. Do not be a dick. Do not, you'll be ejected from the park. I'm like, good, they're taking it seriously. Get in. Literal first thing we see, a family of four people getting out of their car, not wearing masks. Of course. Yeah. Walking a foot behind us the entire way to the park. And the first queue we get in, they have chevrons everywhere, two meters apart. Perfect. At least we can do this. But like, move around as your group. Get into the sound of a chevron. Literally stand where it tells you to stand. It's the easiest thing in the world. Just stand on these and you'll get to go on the ride. Mm-hmm. First queue we get into, stand on the chevron. The group behind us immediately walk up one foot behind us the entire way there. Taking their masks off, talking into their phones. It's like, you're not going to get there any faster. It's, no. the, it's the human walking equivalent of people in traffic going, hmm, hmm. <laughs> it's like, you're not going to get there any faster. Just fucking sit down and relax. And even in traffic, if you can argue, like, oh, no, no, the way I do it gets you where they're faster, which it doesn't, it, to clarify. It, 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 it feels like it does. does. But it but feels like it does because it's active. You are literally, you, you know, in a number count. Regardless of where you stand in that queue, if you're standing six foot apart or six centimetres apart, you are still in that same block of people that you're always going to be. And because it's Alton Towers, it's a theme park, you can't even cut in the queue. Because that's the worry you'd have, isn't it? Because I've mm-hmm. had that happen, like queuing in shops. People walk into like the gap because they think, oh, you're not, like, you see, there's a gap. So, no, I'm in the queue, mate, get behind me. That can't happen because it's just like, there's just barriers either side. If anything, like it's more comfortable because then you get to stand and just have. And you six... don't have to worry about it. You have a clear six foot of space either side to enjoy, and no. I because well, I do find it funny though because when you mention like queues in theme parks, the one exception that I found is like in Disneyland where you go into, like the you know experiential section, like the actual mm-hmm. building, and then bits start to open up and like yeah. widen corridor, and you see the people trying to like sneak around the outside of the queue and like pace past everybody and the amount of times that we've looked at each other and gone like let's form the wall yeah and just go from like wall to wall and just be like no one's getting past us like no yeah so that was as i said lucas i had faith but, yeah. in humanity and now it's gone it's and, gone um, we went we signed in as you do um using all like you know the track and trace system and uh, we wore masks the entire time with the exception of like a couple of times where i was just too warm like, i had to go to like a part of the park where there's no one around and just take it off for a few minutes and i presume you had to like eat and drink that as well like yeah so then we went again got the food waited in the queue which again no one fucking social distancing go to the waiting area to collect your food everyone's still three foot it's like like you're not going to get the food any faster by crowding me just stand over there Mm. and then got it and then we get back the next day notification on my phone self-isolate for nine days yep because some and the thing is the moment that happened me and my girlfriend looked at our phone we knew exactly what had happened. And what had happened was someone would have woken up, felt sick, and gone, well, I've paid for the tickets now. I'm fucking going. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm socially distancing. Um, socially distancing and self-isolating until Saturday. And you're lucky that you actually get to work from home. Like, I know um, Fat Fiend is now being recorded back in the office, but at least you can sit at home, self-isolate, and be, you know, somewhat Safe. efficient with your work still, yeah. Yeah, but one of the things that's like uh, interesting to me is that after a year, 
of after like the news being dominated by COVID. It is the only mm. thing, is the top story every single day and has been yeah. for an entire year. The amount of people who don't know how it works after all this time. Because like when I said, I've got to socially isolate for a week. I, I legit got people asking me like on Twitch and like, you know, in my personal life, we'll just take a test. And if it comes back negative, you can go. It's like the incubation period for the virus is like a week and a bit. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, like it can that. take up to two weeks for symptoms to show. Yeah, and then it's another two weeks for them like, now to go. It's, and they're like, oh, I didn't know that. So how do you not know that? That's like been the news for a year. How mm-hmm. does it? Also, so it's telling me to self-isolate for a week. It's telling me to do that for a reason because that's after that week is when I take the test. Yeah. To know whether or not I've got it. But that's that thing of like after a year, I've still got people asking, oh, why don't you just take a test if it's clear? You go, that's how they started this, how it mm-hmm. spread. That's why it's so fucking dangerous. It's a week where you feel fine. That, that's the entire like reason I said that it spread so easily because it's one thing to go, oh, there's a global pandemic. I don't feel great, so I'll now stay indoors. It's like you but might have you it. Didn't but you didn't know won't. a week and a half ago that you were already spreading it to everybody you know. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, even people, like, who I know, I, I was going to set to meet and stuff. I was like, oh, why don't you just take, like, you know, a lateral flow test? Like, I will in a week. Mm-hmm. Why not take one now? Because it won't make a lick of difference. Because it won't show up on the test yet. <sighs> and that's just been, a, not fun, but again, an interesting experience. And I won't know. I feel fine right now, if anyone's wondering. I might not, um, for the people listening to this after the fact. Do you know what? I could be dead. That'd be weird, wouldn't it? I mean, I don't think it will be by the time this goes out tomorrow. Yeah, but I could be fucking dead. It could kill me. That suck ass, wouldn't it? What do you want? And then again, I guess like I might as well make a statement now. I went to Alton Towers. It was worth it. That's my <laughs> last statement. Just worth it, which is going like, to come back to haunt me. Actually, it won't because I'll be dead, won't it? Fuck it. But yeah, I'm, but, trying, yeah. To be, I'm trying to be careful. Yeah, it's that was one it. of those of... I get there's an element of anything in your life could bloody well kill you. You could you know, step out onto the street and get hit by a bus or whatever yeah, at any point in your life. So there is an element of you can't let fear rule your life. But at, at the same, same time, time, when there's a global pandemic, when people are being told to let yourself isolate, you, you should listen at that point. Also, it's that thing of, oh, I could step out into the middle of the road and get hit by a bus tomorrow. You could, but I'm guessing before you do that, you'll look both ways. Mm. Like, you'll take steps to alleviate the risk, presumably. And the same is true of like, all those things. It's like, oh, you could fall down the stairs and break your neck. It's like, but well, you're probably going to walk down the stairs carefully, right? You're not going to run yeah. down them with your shoelaces untied or anything like that. Like People would, and if that happened, people would be like, oh, it's a tragedy, but maybe you should have been more careful. Yeah, maybe you should have looked down the street when you got hit by that bus. Yeah, like people are still going to say it's a tragedy, but like, you know, there's always that you could have minimized that risk. Same thing yeah. like COVID, where if like someone died, it is a tragedy, but... Mm-hmm. If, like, the story of how you got it is, like, with me, I went to Walton Towers, that's a risk I was willing to take. Because I assumed other people would be taking it as seriously as I was. And that's why I'd be pissed if I get it. Because yeah. I was the like, I was the one I wore a mask all fucking day, and it'd be some knobhead who don't give a shit who gave it to me. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because, because that thing is, if everyone just followed the rules and did that, then there would have been no issue. And it's amazing to me that people still argue against that matter, when we have other countries pro- providing an example of that and have been doing for, like, the last year? Is that, no, 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 if you fully lock down, like, the country will just fall apart and no one will know what they're doing, blah, blah, blah. It's like, there's countries like New Zealand that locked down for two weeks and got back to it. Yeah, but 
you know what? That's like again, that's another horse xylophone that we're playing by the side. That of the is, road. that is, hundred percent. And I just thought, like, you know, because this is my first experience with this. Like, the only other experience with COVID I've had, like, directly is not my brother got it. And I asked him, how did it feel? And he went, it was shit. It was shit, Carl. I hope you don't get it. So yep. that, that, that's about the level of sympathy I get from my family. So like, it was shit. I hope you're all right. So thanks, Dan. That's a good laugh. But, uh, yeah, anything happened to you this week, though? Um, well... Not overly exciting things, but like, you know, today um, I got like a dual monitor arrived, like my second monitor arrived. That couple, you're, on that, uh, you're on that dual monitor life. I'm, I am going to be. Currently I'm on a single monitor life because um, I haven't got like the, the like, DVI cable yet from, um, from my delivery and I'm getting like a dual monitor arm so that I can like move mm-hmm. them about and free up my desk a little bit. So that's exciting news, but um, that's more... Just, you know, me slowly trying to upgrade my equipment over time and not get... You know, I don't want to spend two grand at once redoing, like, a bunch of my setup, but just yeah. bits and bobs here and there. Like, the but, real shit, though, is when you get the three monitors. Like, that's get, like, too much. That's when you excessive. see the people where they've got like, their five, six monitors crammed together in one thing, and yeah, do you really need all that space? Like, all I think when I see that is that moment in Ready Player One where it's like, if we can we can get this many ads into someone's eyeballs before they have a seizure. <laughs> it's like, how much content do you really need to consume at once? Unless you are making Avengers Endgame by yourself, you don't need, like, 18 monitors. You don't, dear. Come and I, al- I always love as well those pictures of, like, the just, like, PC Master Race and the mm-hmm. um, Battle Stations one. Where it's like, yeah, look at this. It's not much, but it's mine. And it's like the Starship Enterprise in corner of a fucking room. <laughs> it's like, why do you need that? Like, but, yeah, I mean, like, you know, again, we, we've 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 made fun of that. But I but did want to mention, like, one little thing yesterday. Yes. Just a fun little story. So, I like, I had to, to go out the house and, like, me and Jenna were out. Yes. And, you know, the you puppy Cade. Puppy Cade was... On its own, as you know, he gets left on his own. We're trying to, to like, um, make sure we're leaving him on his own mm-hmm. in the house and trust him to be downstairs. But there's like a baby gate so that he can't go upstairs and get into like the office and stuff. And it, he's like a sausage dog, so going up and downstairs all the time is bad for his back over the, over the years. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're just trying to protect him from that as well. And I came back and. I was oh like, God, are you going to send me an image on Discord? What do you do? Uh, no, I'm not going to send you an image on Discord. It was just like, um, where did that teddy come from? Oh, no. And it was like a teddy that we essentially confiscated from him because all he did was tear all the stuffing out of it or hump it to death. Okay. So we we're like, let's take that one away. Um, And it was upstairs in Jenna's wardrobe. Oh, no. And... I was like, Jenna, like, did you get this out to distract Cade while we were gone or something? It's like, no. So, somehow, I think we must have left the baby gate open, but it was shut by the time I got back. So, Cade has, like, adventured upstairs, essentially performed, like, a prison break for this teddy, and then just got back downstairs. I was like, the fuck did that come from? I didn't give it to him. Just torn it apart. He hadn't torn it apart either. He'd probably just been humping it while I was gone because okay. I got in and instead of barking at the door, he just sheepishly looked around the living room door. He like, knows uh, he's done wrong, yeah, when yeah, dogs do that Yeah, the guilty thing. face like, oh no, oh no, so, I've been caught. Did I ever talk about my dog's burger? 
Your dog's burger. I yeah, so. my old dog Penny. She had her burger, and it was the only toy that she didn't destroy. Mm. And it was just one of those things where, like, she'd just walk around with this giant plastic burger, <laughs> and that in her mouth the entire, and it always looked hilarious. But uh, we got her that to keep her distracted after she destroyed the pig. Because um, we got her a squeaky toy when we first got her a bunch of squeaky toys. One was like this big rubber pig, like it's fucking massive. So oh people God, like yeah. listening at home, like like a, a shoulder and a half from the looks of it. A massive big squeaky toy. And she was terrified of it. Mm-hmm. Terrified. We don't know why she was scared of it. It's like you know, it just made the same noise as every other squeaker, but she just did not like this pig. So what we do is we put that on the sofa when we went out because she uh. wouldn't go on the sofa <laughs> if it was there. And then one day we came in and there was just pink everywhere. And she was on the sofa. And what she'd done is she'd just gone up, dragged it off the sofa by, like, the heel, and then absolutely torn it the fuck apart. And I can only imagine, like, over the course of several weeks, she just got more and more confident in attacking this pig. So we just came in. I'm not kidding. It was fucking everywhere. So then we got her the burger, which she also liked. And what we'd do is we'd give her that in the bed, and she wouldn't leave the bed if the burger was there. But, like, when the pig failed, you got to bring the burger in. When the bacon's not working, bring in the beef. It reminds me because like last week was um, Kate's birthday, and when he was a puppy, we had like a, a little pig. It was just like a little stuffed pig with a squeaker in it, and he absolutely mm-hmm. adored it. And it was his favorite um, little toy for th- a good few months when he was, you know, first brought into our house. Um, we adopted him, and like he loved that thing. But eventually, he learned how to get inside, and like oh, no. ripped, the, ripped it apart, and like the fluff was everywhere and stuff. So. Took it away, and it was only a few quid, so he was like, let's get a couple more. And gradually, as he's gotten older and older, he's figured it out. And it's like, okay, so the next one lasted a day. And then the next one lasted an hour. And we were like, right, we've got we, one more, but let's not give it to him, because there's just no point. Yeah, he's but for his birthday, you. we got it out, and we gave him the, the next Teddy. It was like Teddy 4, like Piggy 4 yeah. or 5 or whatever. And he was sprinting around the house, like, zooming. Just the happiest little puppy for about five minutes, and then it was yeah. gone. It's like, oh, no, why? Oh, man. Have you ever, though, um, the squeakers that are inside those things? Have you ever managed to get one out and play with it? Uh, we have to pull a lot of them out, because he will just dig them out himself, so we have to take them away, yeah. Yeah, so I got um, uh, the squeaker out of one of my dog's old toys, and I put it in you know, those um, hot dog balloons. Do you know the rocket balloons that just fly around the house? Oh, you yeah. You ever seen yeah. those ones, like the really, really long ones where they like they shoot them off? Mm. I put the squeaker in the end of one of them and then let the hot dog off. It's like, <laughs> and, like the dog was, it did not know what to do. <laughs> it, it couldn't handle just this giant rubber hot dog just making just the loudest squeak you've ever heard. Oh, God. And you've not seen anything, so you've seen a dog try and chase one of those bastards. <laughs> we, uh, we did for uh like jenna's birthday have some balloons and like showed Cade a balloon for the first time does he like them or does he not and it was like what is this what is this and immediately went to bite it and the moment like one pop near him he's like nope nah nah i'm okay that's that's not okay so I'm done with this. Like, some dogs love them, some dogs hate them. That's the beauty of it. I think you he can't was, tell. He's very inquisitive, so he's wondering what it is, like, nosing about a bit. And, is this a toy? Is this toy? like testing the water? Is it a pop? It's like, nope. I, I know to avoid these things now. Like, and that's the thing. Like, my dog just hated everything. It just attacked everything. <laughs> like, anything that you could... Like, if it was on the floor, it was fair game. 
Oh, uh, right, okay. And that's like the one of, like, you'd come downstairs and your shoelaces are gone. It's like, for fuck's sake. It's yeah, one of them. I've like, lost it, a shoelace, but... It generally shoelaces. Speaking, generally speaking, Kate's learn what <laughs> his toys are. And we've got quite lucky in the sense of we've lost, like, a couple of shoelaces, a wire or two, and that's been about it. My brother did lose his pair of Stan Smiths. So it's like fifty-five pound pair of like Adidas brand new shoes he bought with his first wage, and oh, the dog no. just fucking annihilated them, and he was so mad. Cause the dog was like, "Nah, these are mine now." Yeah, and, and that was. Oh, uh, it is very hard to teach puppies or dogs in general. Just like it you're is. not meant to eat, especially shoes, something so smelly. Yeah, like that smells like you. But Lucas, you know, speaking of dogs, and the pandemic and COVID. Of um, there's a story I wanted to mention last week, but, you know, we were kind of distracted. That I wanted oh, okay. to talk about. And are you ready to talk about some, like, do you want to hear about a story about some dogs and COVID and the lockdown? Um, Those three words are not leading to positive places, but uh, I tell especially you what, we'll not when go you there can, anyway. Especially not when you can see my face as I say it. So, um, during lockdown, a lot of people adopted pets. Now, that is a statistic that we don't even need to like, explore. Like, everybody knows someone who got a dog. During lockdown, like, I you got, got a doctor during lockdown. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're the perfect example. Like you got one. Plenty of people have done it, and um, it was a, a done thing. Like, people just getting dogs. They're like fuck it, I'm inside all day. I want a dog. Mm-hmm. I've got a dog for companionship. But then people stop working from home. Hmm. But people still got these dogs. And Lucas, what's the thing about dogs? Like they always get told over here. I'm not sure what it is in America. Maybe someone in chat can let us know. Like what if it's the same? Um, uh, like you know, just life lesson you get given. But it's every year. Around Christmas time, you get told the same thing by charities that look after dogs. And what is it, Lucas? Dogs aren't just for Christmas. Yeah, a dog is for life, not for Christmas. Yeah. And maybe it's the same in America, maybe they have like a different um, motto for it. But, but like, no, it is ingrained in everyone in the UK from pretty much the, like, the moment you are able to read and observe things in your surroundings. Like, like, do not get a fucking dog if you're not intending to look after it for the rest of its life. Like, that is your fucking responsibility. It's, your, it's, a, it's a life that you yeah. are taking on to care for. It is, and that is, as you say, something every single like holiday time, it's ingrained in our minds like through campaigns of dogs are for life, not just for like a Christmas present. Like, they are not a flight of fancy. It is a, it's something you are committed to look after. And I'm guessing you experienced this when you adopted Cade, where you are told, like, you better fucking look after this dog. We're giving it to you yeah. under the proviso, like, on the proviso, you will look after this thing. This is your responsibility now. Yeah, 100%. And Jenna and I had been looking to get a dog for a couple of years, but we were living in flats and it wasn't allowed. And we moved to a flat where someone below us had a dog. So eventually we just got the courage up to ask for a dog and it happened to be during the pandemic and that all occurred during that but you know our intention before all this had been to get one yeah but the uh, amount of times we got dirty looks when it was like oh uh, how old are they is like oh you know a few months old six months old you get oh Lockdown puppy, is it? Yeah. It's like, no, it's my fucking dog. Like, but no, Lucas. I intended to get a dog. But yeah, plenty of people got a dog during lockdown, not thinking about what the fuck happens after lockdown. Well, Lucas, it's funny you should mention that because um, there is a very depressing statistic out there that pounds. Someone mentioned it in chat, in fact, um, that um, pounds are now being filled with dogs that people bought during lockdown, or I mm. know at the height of COVID, and now don't want. And you know what? That's one story. Like that's that's awful. That's annoying. It's frustrating, yeah, to hear. But 
you know, people are going to people. People are going to be pricks. People are going to be selfish assholes. Mm-hmm. Do you know what is weird, though? The idea of someone telling you that they did that. So that's the thing, like, because like, if, like, you know, someone, you know, adopting a dog and then getting rid of it when, you know, it inconveniences them, that's one thing. But wouldn't it be weird if someone told you that they did that? Um, maybe if, you know, they sent it to a rescue centre or they got another, like, family to adopt it and they, they were explaining, look, it was a bit much, I didn't realise kind of thing. But... but for them to just say, I didn't want it anymore and yeah. I got rid of it, that would be a weird thing for them to mention in conversation. It would be, yeah. It'd be an even weirder thing for someone to publicly post on social media, right? I mean, you would think so. I'm at that point with social media where everything's got to be posted, hasn't it? Yeah, but would it be even weirder than that to not just post on social media, but to write an article about it for a website, which you then publish under your own name and then share online? Would that be weird? (sighs) That... Not even weird, that's just straight up horrible. Yeah, and then, Lucas, let's just take it one step further. It's not, it's not that you gave the dog away, it's that you put it down. Right. So I have here, um, this is an article, and I'm going to name the person because fuck them. Yeah. Uh, this is, because they put, they posted this publicly. This is Madeline Bliss, or Byliss, at Madeline Byliss, um, uh, on Twitter. And they have it here for Slate.com. I adopted a pandemic dog. Then I had to put her down. I learned I far from alone. And this is not one of those cases where it's just a a really bad headline to entice you to click this article. I read the article. The the summation of the story is I adopted a dog with um, uh, like issues that I was made aware of prior to the facts. Could not handle, and then got the dog put down. Yeah, not even just, like, I got it sent back. Like, I returned the dog. I put it back up for adoption. Just, I killed I ki- it. I killed, yeah, I killed it. And then that, well, the article is interviewing other people who did the same thing and for some inexplicable reason decided I'm going to use my real name and just announce this to the world online, that I adopted an animal and then killed it because I didn't want it anymore because it was too much to handle. And even weirder is on if you go to the original tweet, which I don't recommend doing unless you want to get really annoyed, there's a bunch mm. of people publicly retweeting it, quote tweeting it, saying, yeah, I did the same thing. It's like, why would you put this out there? It's like, honestly, it's one thing to do it. You're a horrible person to do it. But I you're, don't know you're a how, horrible, horrible person to do I it. I don't yeah. know how to describe someone who does it and then writes about it, profits from an article, and then proudly shares it online under their own name, as if people are going to agree with them. I don't know how to describe that, because that's like an entire extra step of awfulness. I just, I don't know what to say. Like, I, I, fuck those people. Like, I, I really wanted a dog for six months to keep me preoccupied so I could murder it afterwards. And it's like, oh, it was really difficult to look after, but you were aware of that, right? Oh, yeah, but then it was too more difficult than I anticipated. Okay, oh, okay. right, did you did you find a suitable family? Did you give it back to the rescue centre? No, I just thought it'd be easier to kill it. Yeah. That's too much effort to to let the rescue centre have it back. It's only, it's only a life. another owner. It's only a life that I took responsibility for. But yeah, isn't yeah. that... I don't know, that's not a fun story, Lucas, but again... It's one of those things where 
it is fascin darkly fascinating. You know, that's the top I guess that's like, you know, the, the trend of today's podcast. Like darkly fascinating to have a glimpse into the life of somebody mm -hmm. who one thinks that's okay and two just proudly admits it online. Cause I yeah. can't imagine like imagine like, you know, doing that in a conversation with someone. Like if someone said that in a conversation with friends, you'd yeah. think it was weird. You'd be like, Oh my god, you did what? The yeah, if one of my friends thinking? turned around to me and was like, yeah, I adopted a puppy during lockdown, it's like, okay, good for you, like, fair enough. And Oh, yeah, it, it was a, it was a dog, like, it was a rescue, it had some problems. Oh, right, okay, like, yeah, good, good for, for you, you for, for getting a rescue dog, like, a lot of people can't handle that. Oh, well, I couldn't either. Um, oh, so you, you gave it back, you got, got it, like, rescued by another family, right? It's like, no, I just killed it. Yeah, I had it put down. It was too much effort. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, if someone said that to me, like, in a conversation, I'd be horrified. Yeah. But then, like, the extra step of then doing it and then publicly announcing that you did it, expecting to get sympathy. That's and the, apparently that's... some people did give them sympathy. Yeah, and that's the step that, like, to me is, like, I, I cannot comprehend yeah. that person's, like, you no know, way of thinking and looking at the world where they do that and legitimately think it's a, they're going to get sympathy for it and then do. And I just want to point out uh, in chat, someone in my chat says, like, um, you know, going back to the thing of, like, a, a dog isn't a Christmas present, a dog is for life. Yeah. Uh, they just said, like, we're told having a dog is like having a kid, which it is. Because it's, like, it's like having a kid who's Choosing vulnerable. to, you know, have this responsibility of another life. And to it's then the same, throw away that pet, responsibility yeah. and just be like, fuck it, it was too much effort. It's the same with all pets. Yeah, yeah. I say it's the same with like all pets, like even a fucking fish. Mm -hmm. Even if you're gonna get a fucking fish, you should better look after that fish. You should be like, you know, it's your responsibility to provide for that animal. Yeah. And like, I just, I just wanted to bring that up because I didn't have a chance last week, and it's just it's darkly fascinating that the, there's people out there like that, where like they wrote that article. They sent it to an editor. The editor read it, thought it was fine, and they put it on the website. And, and then they go and post it on Twitter. I and the thing is, that annoys me is, I need to mention this. This is a professional writer. Their fucking tweet is misspelled and has like lowercase i instead of like a capitalized one. It's like the fucking iPhone does that on like by itself. Yeah. So you had to put effort into spelling that wrong. But yeah. So right, they they not only. Murdered that's the thing, like, an innocent dog. They I mean. monetized their murdered innocent yeah. dog. So that's it, Lucas. Right, like, do what I like to do, and now just go through the steps that led to this like being posted. Because it's like, it's really, well, really weird. Yeah, uh, they had to sit down and go through. What uh, you know, I imagine a person with empathy would say it's a difficult <laughs> decision of putting a dog down. Yeah, but uh, God knows about this person, and they had to put the dog down. Make that horrible decision. They had to go then... talk to a vet as well. That's the thing as well. Like, yeah. What did the vet say? Well, they might... You know, I don't know what this, this person did. I don't know if this person literally went to a vet or a pound and was like... They might have just gone straight to a pound and went and killed the dog. What's the one? Joe, Joe Lucas, let's... Uh, I don't remember the full details, so we can go find the article if you like and go through it together. Um, Would you like to do that? Yeah, well, I guess so. But not only did they have to go through all that anyway... They then had to sit down, think about it, go, you know what, this makes a good story. Then they had to write out the entire story. Yeah. Then 
like pitch the article, get the article edited, and go, yeah, I'm happy with that article. Let's send that mon- that out for money. And let's yep. share that online for everybody to see. Yep. I'm trying to find it now. You know what? I can just Google the girl's name. Let's just find, like, I'm sure it's like, you know, I'm hoping it's the last article she ever wrote for that website. You but you know what? I don't have much faith. Madeline in an article that's even willing to put, in a website that's even willing to post the article in the first place. Like Slate.com. The thing is, well, while I'm Googling it, there's already like a Slate article um, shitting on people for um, uh, like giving up their dogs. Oh. oh. The article might actually have been taken down. Let's have a look. It might have been taken down because I've only found a story. To- oh, here we go. Oh, they've um, uh, they've changed the title. Oh, really? Yeah, they've changed the title for it because, of course, they have. It's now called when title? it's now called when Bonnie came home because they're trying to like humanize the dog. I'm like, no, I'm not that awful. And I'm wondering how many edits this thing has had. Yeah. Like, and you that know happened. that they probably edited it, but didn't put in the like the edits notes of what they've changed. I'd be very surprised if you clicking at the top of the article. It's like, no, we changed the article and we took this line out and we made our writer not seem like a fucking sociopath. Here we go. So when Bonnie came home, just before Christmas, I adopted a six-year-old beagle. She was adorable and violent. Well, all beagles are. They're fucking dogs. Like, they're hunting dogs. Like, they're hunting this is dogs, something yeah. I should be main, like, made aware. You, be, you should be made aware of what you do. I found a resolution. Many choose, but few acknowledge. Yeah, because it makes you a fucking awful, horrendous human being. It's not acknowledged because it's not a decision you should be, like, rewarded or applauded mm. for. You're a fucking horrendous piece of human, like, garbage. So last Christmas morning, I patted my bed, inviting my newly adopted beagle, Bonnie, to jump up and cuddle. My boyfriend, still on the covers, reached out to pet her soft little head, which is now wedged between us. I turned away to grab my phone. It happened. A guttural bark, followed by a human scream. I whipped around to see my boyfriend's hand covered in blood. Before I could figure out how to help him, he was out the door on his way to urgent care. It was Bonnie's second bite in the week since I've adopted her. It's almost like adopted dogs can't be fucking coddled immediately and they have issues that need to be addressed. Yeah, like it's completely ignoring the dog's needs in every single way. Just, yeah. fuck it, uh, a week after I adopted this dog, during lockdown for Christmas, of uh, like they've double whammied it, Carl. They've yeah. got the lockdown Christmas dog and gone like, oh yeah, it's a rescue that is probably really vulnerable and had a lot of problems and it's like no no just like lie in bed with us immediately and expect nothing to happen but okay and then just like just she continues that i you know she got a dog trainer in and got anxiety meds for the dog do you know what i think the dog would have been like you know most benefited from not being near this person mm-hmm. because they're right like, oh, like i had to hide the fact i've been bitten by my dog it's like you've adopted like you know a dog with issues like people understand like, these dogs need help. They do. Like, they, like, that's they, why they you are... A... Like, they are called rescue dogs because you're meant to rescue them from, like, a shit life. It's like my old dog was a rescue dog. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Penny was a rescue dog. She was very, very skittish, very, very, like, you know, um, like, aggressive. Mm-hmm. Especially around men. Like, she did not like men. Yeah, and a lot of dogs them. have, yeah, that preference of man. Yeah, and like, I was, like, you know, a tall, female, a very... Yeah. I was, like, you know, a tall... Teenager in the middle, but you know, I was very tall and the dog did not like me. But you know, that took months and months of just careful training to make the dog trust you. Mm-hmm. 
And it says here, like, oh, if, uh, the trainer came back and Bonnie bit her too. With each incident, there was only growl. There was no growling, no toothy snarling. There were no untrainable dogs, I thought, only untrainable people. Months of failing to exhale helped me to decide. I should find Bonnie a new place to live. Maybe City Life didn't agree with her, I reason. And a quiet existence in the suburbs was what she needed. It was tough to picture her soulful eyes staring into the face of a new owner, but I knew that for my safety and the safety of my neighbours, I couldn't convince, continue to manage her behaviour. I was never able to anticipate what would set her off, and there was no way her control environments on the streets of New York. I love how she's in this article where she's like, I put my dog down. I couldn't imagine giving her to another loving family who'd take care of her. So I had, to, I had just... to make the, power, the terrible, like, the awful, soul-wrenching decision to murder this animal. Oh, I couldn't handle a rescue dog in the middle of the streets on New York City. No, probably because it's a rescue dog in the middle of New York fucking city. Here we go. I soon learned the shelter where Bonnie came from wouldn't help me. A volunteer explained that Bonnie was too dangerous to adopt out again, and their affiliated sanctuaries, including several Beagle-specific ones, declined to take her. It's almost like you were made aware of this when you adopted this dog. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, when she's writing this, she's trying to make it sound like, oh, no, they, like, it's your problem now. Like, oh, no. Ah, we gave you the shit dog. It's your problem. It's like, no. Aha, you, we got you. Yeah. You, you signed on the dotted line saying, I will take responsibility for this. And the moment that it's become, like, you know, actually difficult, you try to say no. Mm-hmm. Another dog rescue organization in New York City told me her bite history, seven bites at a time, that specific number will grow, was too extensive for even to qualify for a special rehabilitation program. Both conversations ended on the same topic, behavioral euthanasia. I just I can't was... get over that. Like, oh, a dog's had a shit life and reacted poorly. Well, okay, what do we do? Well, let it have another shit owner. Okay, yeah. well, after that, put it down. I also love that thing as well. This dog is not like this dog needs to learn how to trust somebody. What will I do? The only person who's willing to take it on, murder it. Yeah. So you know what? The dog was right. Mm-hmm. The dog was one hundred percent right to be this aggressive and like apprehensive around her because like she like almost immediately went to murder. <laughs> And I don't care. She's like, oh no, I was like, oh, I got a trainer in and stuff like that. So like, yeah, you should have stuck with it. It's almost like it's a fucking life and it takes more than a couple of weeks to sort this out. Well, yeah, some of my church have said, like, imagine doing this to an adopted child. Like, oh, this this adopted child is really aggressive. Let Just just kill it. It's fine. It says that she put a, um, um, a post out on um, uh, you know, a, a site, on a private, a private site for rehoming. Like explaining, like you know, the dog's condition and what it needed, and she's like, "Oh no, no one, no one, no one accepted." It's oh, if only she'd have had like access to you know a wider resource than a private website with like you mm-hmm. know a couple hundred users at most. Like, it's I, I can't, but I can't think of anywhere um, a writer for Slate would be able to put a story like that out. Can you, Lucas? No, nowhere. No, I can't think of anywhere this author could have like you know made it known that she's got a, a dangerous dog. Or not a dangerous dog, that's a bad way of putting it. You a, know, dog a dog that, that needs a better home. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure where she... Like, that's the thing. She could have just wrote an article, like, I've got this dog, I can't look after it. Can someone help me? And that would have been yeah. all... Like, people would have fucking taken it. Because that's the first thing she got when, like, when this story went viral. It's like, I would have taken it. I yeah. specialise in this kind of thing. And um, I just... Yeah, the, I mean, there's that. There's that. That it would have been simple to write an article and probably someone would have helped them out. But at the same time, it's like, we don't even know 
the actual full extent of the story because this is a highly edited and probably edited after they've posted it as well yeah. article to make the woman's side of the argument sound sympathetic. Lucas. I want to get the dog in on the conversation and find out the dog's side of the story. Oh man, that'd be great. Lucas, even if I did somehow find someone to take Bonnie, I wondered whether it would exacerbate her already crippling anxieties. As the weeks went by and no new options appeared, I realised I had a choice. I could send her off with a stranger one day, someone she would almost certainly injure, who would perhaps end up euthanising her anyway, or I could allow her to leave this terrifying world peacefully with someone she loves. Well, there's someone else in this story we're not aware of. Because <laughs> that's the thing, Doesn't Lucas. Doesn't seem like she loves you. Lucas, I had two choices. I could have taken the chance that would let the dog live, or I can murder it right now. Yeah, just... I Again, this is what Lucas, I mean, there, there was no other option. This is a very obviously edited story to the point of, like, I need to make myself sound sympathetic. Oh, that I had a choice... Do I potentially let a stranger get really harmed by this dog? Or do I murder the dog myself in cold blood? It's like, oh, to, uh, leave the world peacefully with someone that she loves. It's like, well, there's no one in this story that sounds like she loves, because she certainly doesn't love you. Yeah. Beha- oh, Lucas, not, behavioral... put, not getting putting down peacefully. Yeah, just no putting it down. No, it's terrifying. Like, uh, yeah. like Penny, let's put her down. Like, mm. she had cancerous gross all over her body. And I remember the day. It was, um, I, think it, I think it was me and my brother... That's the thing, I don't really remember it that well because it's like so upsetting where we took her for a walk and she got like 40 foot out the front door and could not move. And like, I think it was me or my brother had to run in crying like she can't move and then like my stepdad had to come and carry the dog home. Mm -hmm. And like she could not get off the sofa, like she could not move and that's like when we took her to the vet and the vet's like, there's nothing we can do. Yeah. And like my mum said, even then, even then, the last thing she was doing is panicking. Because she's in a strange place, she doesn't know. Like, and that's the thing of like when they put it, they it's been framed as like, oh no, the dog like peacefully drifts away. Is it no? The dog panics. Yeah. Because it's somewhere it doesn't know with someone it doesn't know. But yeah, behavioural euthanasia is not a decision made out of convenience. Typically, it enters the conversation once the safety situation with a dog, cat, or other animal deteriorates beyond an acceptable level of risk. Said, be, be, said Christopher Pachel, a veterinary behaviourist with the instinctive, instinct dog behaviour and training. There isn't a universal approach to every situation. Often if the police are involved, it's up to the pet's owner to decide what level of risk they can live with. So even in her defence of herself and this decision, she says, like, um, there's no law that says I have to do this. It's there's just... no actual science involved in this. It's just people generally saying, your dog might be dangerous. There's nothing we can do. Yeah, it's like what level of discomfort are you willing to live with? And clearly, like, this person was not willing to live with any discomfort, Carl. Well, that's the one you get. It's when you get that um, uh, legendary Garfield edit someone did, where it's like Garfield mm. saying, I hate Mondays, or, like, calling John like a piece of shit, and John's like, I can legally have you killed whenever I feel like it. <laughs> yeah. So... And here we have a quote here from uh, Mr. Pachelle. If you're the one who finds yourself in this situation where you're actively considering it, choosing to rehome is hard. Choosing to push forward with the treatment you know is unsafe is hard. Choosing to make significant accommodations to make it safe, even though it's not easy, that's hard. Choosing to euthanize is hard. It is. But at the same time, when there's another option, like I said with my dog, I, mm-hmm. there was literally no... Like, it was like this dog is like... it's It cannot move. Yeah. It is like riddled with cancerous growth like there's no more that like science can do to help this dog mm-hmm. like if it can't eat, like they even said like it can't eat like the dog cannot eat it cannot drink it will just die of starvation or like thirst 
before this day is out. And then she's like, oh. And then there's this guy here. He's like, he gives you like six other... Like, keep his mind as well. Do you know when she says up here, I had two options? The guy that she's quoting to defend her gives like five different options. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. <sighs> but so, Carl, that might have potentially been putting a stranger at risk. It could have been, yeah. A, stra- a stranger who would accept the risk and would hopefully be like, you know... Um, more of a fucking um, uh, Don than you. Yeah. So I desperately wish someone would come and assess my personal level of risk, something only I could do. I was excruciating, it was an excruciatingly lonely decision to make, which is why I shared it online. But when I, things t- when I turned things over in my head, I came up with this. In a comfortable and loving home, Bonnie was always on the defence. Maybe it's because, like, the thing is though, dogs are a lot smarter than people give them credit for. They're very instinctual mm. creatures. I reckon just the dog knew that she was constantly thinking about murdering her. Like, it doesn't seem as though they they were like good owners in the first place. No. Like especially when you went through all of this trauma and decided I could write this up. Yeah. But that's the thing that gets me though. It's like where it's like oh the dog feel like you know the dog's in a safe and loving home. It's like but you were actively talking about killing it for about three months. The, I'm clearly like, that... the dog didn't feel safe. Like, that's the kind of thing where the dog can know. Like, if dogs mm. can smell cancer and tell me we're going to have a heart attack, they can tell when you're planning to kill them. <laughs> uh, Lucas, though, you need to feel bad, though, because on the phone, I wept quietly as I made Bonnie's appointment. Cool. Bonnie's last day came sooner than expected. Yeah, imagine what it felt like being the dog. On a quiet Sunday morning while I pet her on the floor, she inexplicably snapped at my face, though her mouth clamped down harder on my boyfriend's forearm instead of my cheek. When he jumped up, she held on, piercing wounds in his arm and a hole in his sweatshirt. Fucking yes, leave him. Leave, leave him with some wounds. Remember me. That's the thing. If I'm going down, I'm going down swinging. I'm going to make like, sure... Oh, you've you've booked my murder. You've like booked my appointment for my murder. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, let's get some fucking damage in. No, let's let's see how people are going to love you with a messed up face. I'm going to mess your face up so bad that no one's going to be like, why'd your face get messed up so bad, though? It's like, well, I called up the vet, told them to murder my dog, and it somehow didn't like that decision. Lucas, I was so stricken with fear from a beagle. A four-pound a four pound beagle. I mean, I knew- don't get me wrong, fully grown beagles, they they, can- they could do some damage. But at the but- same time, it's like, I'm fearful. It's like, as well, every single one of these times where the dog attacks her, she says, I went out to touch the dog and it didn't like it. At any point, did you realise maybe the dog doesn't like being fucking touched? Yeah. Every I've 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 been like you know making a mental note. Every mm. single time they talk about the dog biting someone, it's because they touched it. The dog e- bit this person, and then they bit another person, and the same thing happened. I wonder if there's like something in common in this scenario that we should like, avoid doing. Like literally every single one of the occasions where the dog snapped is like I reached out to pet the dog, and then it didn't like it. Hmm. It's like those stories you hear, isn't it? Like you know, um, like people have wild animals as pets. Oh right, yeah. And they have like, like I don't know, like a tiger or a lion, and the lion turns on them, and they have all these videos of like petting the lion like a pet, and like, oh, it's so calm, it's so calm. And then one day the lion snapped. It's like maybe it's because it's a fucking lion. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you know, you're reaching out to it. It's like uh, with horses. You ever seen the thing with horses where uh, they will instinctually kick at anything out of their peripheral? Oh yeah, yeah. And one of the ways, the only way to avoid that is when you walk around the back of a horse, it's a pro tip if you live near a horse or you plan on going near a horse, 
Um, do not walk behind a horse ever, mm-hmm. or or a, or a donkey or a mule. Do not do it. It will kick you and likely kill you because their kicks can like dislocate your jaw yeah. or snap your neck. Um, you put your hand on the horse and keep it on the horse as you go behind it, so it knows that you're there. So it knows that oh, this person that's in contact with me is the thing that's behind me. Because yeah, and rightly so, as a you know, just instinct in life, something that it's just got within its like um like evolutionary chain is just like yeah it's always survived if something comes up behind you that means it's hunting you kick just kick back to to try and stop it like you see on documentaries same with like you know zebras for example and and a lot of the yeah. um, they just kick out these different kind of animals is just kick back because that will protect you from getting hurt it's also as well i bring that up because i can't think of an animal that is more domesticated than the horse like it is literally an animal we have domesticated to use as a beast of burden. Mm-hmm. Like we use it as a, it's literally a tool that we use. And even then it still has the capability to fucking kill you. And that's the thing is, I don't know much about horses. Um, but we use them as tools. They're used to like but, no, no yeah, but I was going to say, I still know that like approaching a horse from behind is just a fucking stupid thing to do. Yeah, and it's the same thing with, like, dogs. Like, yes, they're domesticated, but they are still animals. And there mm-hmm. is that spark of, like, like you know, wolf in them. As every, as you can no doubt attest to, like, seeing Cade, sometimes when he gets on a toy, you could, like you see that like that spark oh, yeah. of feralness in him. Well, even then, um, like, Cade's super friendly with dogs and always wants to play with them, but there's been a couple of times with, like, a lot um, much bigger dogs where they've been playing, the dog gets on top of Cade. And all of a sudden, he feels trapped, and like you, you see that spark in him of like, I need to get this fucking thing off me. And it's not that he gets super aggressive; it's just like you can see like the growls and the, the teeth come out of like, get get off me! Like I'm not comfortable anymore. And not, that's all it takes is like for this dog to just not feel comfortable. Yeah, and it says here that when she went to put the dog down due to COVID protocols, you can't be in the room with it, but she insisted. So in addition to like killing this dog. Um, she also insisted on breaking COVID protocols, putting the doctor at risk, also the mm-hmm. veterinarian at risk, through her own selfishness, because she wanted to feel like assuaged of guilt as she murdered the animal she agreed to take care of. And it says here, Lucy, are you ready? Um, uh, in the days after Bonnie was put down, I roamed my newly empty home like a zombie. I didn't sleep much. When I did, I started away by nightmares of being bitten, crushed with guilt. I wondered if there was more that could be done to help with my sweet beetle. Yeah, not kill it. I didn't tell most people what had happened. Um, what if they thought I was a monster for not trying hard enough? I mean, I do. But... Yeah. In- instead, I made a post on Instagram so I wouldn't have to talk to the people who've been gushing over Bonnie. Rather than detail her situation, I explained she had an illness that went undiagnosed before I adopted her and I had to say goodbye. Oh, so you straight up lied about why you killed the dog. Yeah, it's almost cool. like there's a stigma attached to fucking murdering dogs. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's almost like people like dogs. So that means that she definitely knows what she did was, was wrong. wrong. And that there is but a stigma attached to, to it. decided to post about it and detail it online anyway. And that's the thing that gets me. It's like, there's nothing I could do. It's like, you literally had access to this this audience. You mm-hmm. could have made a post of like... If she just posted this and got... and before the bit where she says, I made the decision to euthanize my dog, just said, but if there's somebody out there, I'm at my wit's end. If you can look after this dog, I, I will drive it to you. I will make every effort possible. I want this dog to have a good life, but I am unable to provide that. That'd be fine. Maybe she'd have wrote that if she cared. Yeah. 
like, oh no, I had zero options. Well, here's a list of options you had. Oh no, but I had I had no no safety at all. I I felt unsafe in my own home. It's like, okay. Well, did you think to ask somebody who feels more safe with this dog to look after it? Well, no, no, because that's putting them at risk. I just had to murder it. Yeah. But when you adopted the dog, you knew there was a risk, right? Because it's a rescue dog. Like, that's one of the things they tell you when you adopt a rescue dog. It's like, you know, it's behavior, even though it looks placid, like you need to be careful around the dog because you don't know. And like I said, when we adopted our dog, it was yeah. very skittish for the first couple of months we had it. And it was like, you know, it was only once I know it learned to trust the home that it was in. And generally and, speaking, any experience that I've seen with uh, rescue dogs, because before we uh, we got Cade, we tried going down the rescue avenue, but we didn't have, like, as I said, we were living in a flat. We didn't have what they deemed, like, a suitable um, place for a, a rescue dog to be, so we ended up having to get Cade. And, yeah, my experience is, is, look, this is the exact needs and wants of the dog, and this is the history of the dog. Yeah. Here's what like how what level of experience you'll need. Here's whether it likes other dogs, whether it likes cats, what it can't can and can't be around. Like sometimes it was just straight up. Look, this is probably gonna be have to be for like a single woman because it hates men and it hates kids and stuff like that. And it's just had a bad experience. And yeah, generally speaking, the, these rescue centers will detail everything you need to know before you adopt the dog. Yeah, and this is one of those things where like, if she'd have just been some random person on the street, I can understand. But when you've got access to an audience like this, mm-hmm. you could so easily just make this post and just say, look, I've got a fucking dog. Like, you've got, like, at the very least, make that the last step. Yeah. Make that the last thing that you try. I have, have no other option before I have to, like, behaviorally euthanize this dog. Just do the Android 16. Like, I have no other option and just, <laughs> just self detonate yeah. on the dog. Well, I mean, at least then, you know, she would have self detonated. Like, if you're going to do that, like, at the very least, like, because she just says, like, I took the dog to the fucking vet and killed it. If you're going to do that, give it, like, 50 hamburgers. Yeah, that's true. Like, just go to McDonald's and buy, like, five Big Macs and just put them if on the floor. it's going to die anyway, give it the best goddamn day of its life. Yeah, like, cook it a fucking steak. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, no, that would have been expensive and time-consuming. It's, like, it's fucking die. It's like, even death row inmates get a last meal. That's true. Yeah, fucking give yeah, that to you. Yeah, whatever they want. Yeah, within reason. Get to your yeah, dog. yeah, obviously. Enjoy what he wants to do. He wants to fucking tear your boyfriend's eyeballs out. Fucking let it go. Just put man and like dog in the arena, like do. But it says here that she later found um, a, a Facebook group for people who had to make the difficult decision to um, euthanize their dog for behavioral reasons. And Lucas, you are going to fucking love this quote. That's a, the the banner image for the Facebook group. Oh, no. If love was enough, you'd still be here. No. Oh. No. So they're basically blaming the dog. It's your fault. I. It's your fault that you didn't respond to me trying. So that's just, well, I love you, but this is all your fucking fault. Yeah, you're blaming it on the dog. An animal that has, like, no no higher brain function. And you're the a dog human dog that also being. is dead and can't defend it, so. <laughs> Let the dog, like, this is what I want, like, Judge Judy to come in. Mm-hmm. I want like Joe. Though you have those mediums and spiritualists who say they can talk to like the dead. Get Bonnie you... in. Let Bonnie tell her. Side yeah, of that's the what story. I mean. Joe, you can get them. Get one of them, and then get those people who say they can talk to dogs, mm-hmm. and get those to team up and bring the dog's ghost in and hear its side. <laughs> I want that. I want that shit. Yeah. 
And it's like, Lucas, you get on TV and there's a dog trainer who can fix any problem in 23 minutes with commercial breaks. So we have this idea that everything can be fixed. And I thought that too when I started off as shelters. And when I started off as a trainer. But eventually I realised that I'm just not good enough. So fuck it, murder the dog. Yeah. Eventually I realised effort would be needed. Are you, are you ready though, Lucas? Like the, the website, like the group's called like Lulu's um, or something like that. I think the Lulu's are the most loved pets of all. Trying is hard, but to, I think to stop trying is much harder. <laughs> it's, Lucas, did you know giving up is way harder than trying? Like, they're basically saying here, like, you know what the real hard part is? Giving up and stop trying. <laughs> like, like, How do you even argue with that person? Like, you can't argue with someone who's like, look, giving up's the hardest thing. It's like, no, it's fucking, it's literally... Literally the... not. Because you just admit, I don't want to try anymore. <laughs> you fucking balance. Uh, like, if I wish the people listening to this, I could see Lucas's face. He's getting so mad. And I'm I'm really sorry for like everybody who stuck around like some of my chat. Oh yeah, this is this thing. Is like, that's so, the what I, like this solidifying is... my hatred for humanity, and I'm but, really sorry. But Lucas, it's darkly fascinating, isn't it? To have a view into like that's the thing. How often do you get a chance to view in like have a glimpse into the psyche of somebody like this? Oh, I know, yeah. Because that's the thing. Like I said this is something that people do. Like it's obviously something that people do, but they don't talk about it. They don't, and they don't proudly admit to it, and then invite public comment. On a forum. Well, I just got a message from Jenna, my girlfriend, who's downstairs. Just say, is everything okay? It's <laughs> like, no, it's not. It's Everything isn't okay. Dogs are getting murdered, Jenna. Uh, sometime after I said goodbye, uh, I took a trip to my parents' house. After months of pandemic separation, I was reunited with my family and our dog lady, a goofy 10-year-old beagle. When I stepped through the front door, the click, click, click of her nails on the tile floor sent me into a panic. She's trying well, she's got PTSD from a fucking yeah, beagle. From murdering a dog. Yeah. Uh, unaware of my newfound fear, she lazily plopped down by my side, her face much greyer and much rounder than Bonnie's. I marvelled at how gentle she was. My heart rate slowed and something clicked. Lady was a healthy dog, clearly Bonnie was not. I could not possibly picture her acting so carefree. I miss Bonnie dearly and desperately wish I could have watched her dart around my parents' yard. With a solace in knowing that she isn't afraid anymore. So Lucas, thoughts? I really hoped, you know, she lived her life in absolute fear of every dog ever in the world. And I, I wish she did get PTSD from this. It's just like, the it's dog that didn't thing. even get a chance to get PTSD. Like, it's that thing as well, isn't it? Like, it's the fact that they so proudly post it on. That's what's the fascinating aspect and the thing that I'm so curious about. And why it's like... Not only you... did you go through all this process, but you decided to defend yourself online about it. And then found a way to justify it to yourself. And mm. like, while simul... Like, that's the thing that gets you, like, there was no other option. As you, like, I couldn't find anyone who was willing to take the dog. As you post to an audience of several hundred thousand. It's like, I couldn't find anyone willing to take this dog. Like, have you ever watched those shows? Um, like, they do on the BBC all the time. I think it's uh, uh, Paul Grady does it. The comedian um, and presenter. Where he's like, a, uh, he's a patron of a lot of um, dog charities. So he has oh, right, a okay. show every couple of months, I think, and where it's just like, oh, here's just a Paul O'Grady's charity dog drive, where it's just like, here are some dogs mm-hmm. that have been in adoption centres for a really long time. And they oh, go fun. through like, and they go through all of their problems. And they, say, and they say, the household that adopts this dog will need to have this, 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 and this. If you, mm-hmm. are, you fit that criteria, call this number. 
And every time that happens, all of those dogs get adopted by families who like, they see it, it tugs their heartstrings. They realize we, we fit that criteria. We can adopt this dog. Yeah. And I imagine if Paul O'Grady went on TV and like, look, we're, we're here. Like, and like, here's just the collars of all the dogs that we put down because we couldn't be asked to find someone to look after them. And look, here's the people who feel really bad about doing it. Last week, um, a couple of these dogs didn't get adopted. So rather than try again, we just got them put down. Sorry. Yeah. Just... Like, we're really sorry. And it's like, we and like, and, he, and he, imagine him sat there on national TV going, we literally could not think of anything else to do. Like, we tried. We put a Facebook post out. We went online to a forum of like 80 people. No one responded. Like, we can't think of a way. We can't think of a way we could have tried harder to get the message out there to people mm-hmm. about like the adoption of this dog. Anyway, it's like, what? Oh, so Lucas, no. yeah. Carl, yes. yes. Because, like, obviously, you know that it was something we were meant to talk about from my was, yeah. this week. There so was. let's just quickly round out with, like, something a bit more positive, shall okay. we? Okay. Um, so so this you, I is, think he goes around saying, oh, fuck that person. Fuck that person, indeed. Fuck that, fuck I, that I, everybody on that um, Facebook group that have done it as well. Yeah. But, so, Carl, this is something that, again, was trending last week on Twitter. So we're behind the news. We are, yes. Last week we got, you know, sidetracked by something else. So, uh, you know... Oh, we there is a follow-up to that as well. Week. There's a follow-up to that, which was like probably the 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 biggest asshole blowout I've seen in a while. But I guess we can end on that, I suppose. Go on, what are we talking about? Uh, so this is just something about, you know, Batman. Oh, selfish love of Batman. There are no good selfish billionaires. Selfish love of Batman. Actually, um, you know what? I need to go to the bathroom real quick. So do you want to like, just wait one second? Right, for people in the chat live now... We're going to talk about Batman going down on people. Don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll get the taste of all them dead dogs out of your mouth, but I need to go for a bathroom. We break. will. So I'll be back we in will. one second. I'll leave my screen on this so people can just see me come sit back down. But I'll mute my mic. Perfect. All right, so Lucas, like, you know, let's wash the taste of those dead dogs out of the mouth. What are we talking With about now? Taste something better in our mouth, I suppose. Yeah, we're going from, uh, dog, we're going from dogs to pussy. That's the joke someone's going to make. From dogs to pussy, so I made it for them, so they don't have to feel embarrassed about doing it. Carl yeah. made it first. Yeah, I um, made the segue that everyone wants me to make, but was too embarrassed to say. <laughs> um, so this is just um an interview about like the Harley Quinn TV show, and I'm why, so like, excited. The um the creators of the Harley Quinn like animated TV show mm-hmm. love working with villains, and this is like you know a. A bit oh, yeah, so it's a show about Harley Quinn. Quinn. Yeah, it's a show about Harley Quinn, but I'll, I'll just go through and we can like break yeah. it down. Uh, so it says, Harley Quinn is almost also unique among the current crop of comic content in that its main character and all of her closest allies are villains rather than heroes in the DC canon. Mm-hmm. That allows the show to do different things with the characters that heroes simply cannot do, at least in according to DC. And the quote is, it's incredibly gratifying and free to be using characters that are considered villains because you just have so much leeway, yep. says Halpern, I presume uh, one of like, the writers on the show. You can just do um, like, you can just get away with anything, can't you? Exactly. A perfect example of that is in the third season of Harley, when we had a moment where Batman was going down on Catwoman and DC was like, you can't do that. You absolutely cannot do that. They're like, heroes don't do that. So we said, are you saying that heroes are just selfish lovers? They were like, no, it's that we sell consumer toys for heroes. 
It's hard to sell a toy if Batman is also going down on someone. That makes me love him more. It does, that, yeah. That makes, like, that makes him way fucking cooler. That makes him way more endearing, because I'm like, Batman is a very generous lover, and, you know, fair play to everyone that does that. And they, you know, they go on to say that they really enjoy their, their time working on Harley, etc., etc., but that was just a moment that stood out to them of, wow, we get so much more freedom with the villains than the heroes. As well, that's so funny to me, because those stories... And those comic books and those, like even like the films and the toys and the animated shows, mm. they make so much money off capitalizing oh, yeah. off the sexuality and inherent, you know, sexiness of the female characters, mm-hmm. like which they draw for the male gaze. We can, like, you know, there's no qualms about it. They are drawn to titillate men. Like Wonder Woman yeah. is walking around in a fucking leotard with tits out half the time, like Catwoman's outfit. Like they are all like Power Girl. Look at fucking Power Girl. Yeah. Like they are characters that exist almost entirely for the titillation of men. The moment they try and write a character owning that sexuality or just, you know, being sexual mm-hmm. in a way that is not directly beneficial to a man, suddenly it's like they're not allowed. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Of like, there's plenty of times where um, Catwoman is seen seducing Batman. Yeah. There's plenty of times where Batman and Catwoman kiss. Etc. Etc. But the moment it's seen as like, whoa, Batman is performing a sexual act. It's like that's not okay. You're not allowed to do that. Batman's allowed to stand there as Catwoman just gyrates all over his bat penis. Mm-hmm. That's allowed. Like Catwoman, the character is allowed to be drawn in like the most, and I'm going to say like embarrassing. Like it's embarrassing for the medium the way like some female characters are handled in, like comic books and stuff, and it's related media. But Batman can't you know do that it, it's um it's very telling of the mindset mm. of the people working behind the scenes it really is and it's like again i'd be interested to see someone mentions like batgirl in my comments on my i mean i would be interested to see if this was like batgirl going down on a like male or um female villain whether like it was appropriate for batgirl to do it they would, yeah, because they that's sexy. Mm. Again, for the male gaze. And it's like, it's very, just, very weird. Yeah, it's but... a conversation as well I would love to be in a fly on the wall for. I would have loved yeah, to have seen... Yeah, and I love like, the approach they took of, like, we responded, well, is Batman a selfish lover? And they're like, no, Batman's well, the best at sex. It's like, well, okay, then why like, prove yeah. it? Well, he's clearly not the best at sex because he's not allowed to go down on anyone. He's also, as well, why would that like not make him heroic? I'm sure there yeah. are many women out there that would say that's the most heroic thing he's ever done. Exactly. <laughs> so, oh no, Batman's not like that. Like, keep in mind, one of the best portrayals of Batman shows him buying an entire restaurant as a flex on his ex-girlfriend's current boyfriend, mm-hmm. and then like um, his cover story is him frolicking in. Like you know, on a yacht with the entire female um, uh, basket, like basketball team or something. Is it uh, the? Uh, no, it's the uh, ballet squad. The ballet, yeah. Yeah, he takes the, the entire Russian ballet. Russian ballet on a yacht. But um, and they're happy yeah, to. Like, like, and those stories are awesome. But like, okay, sure. The difference between like the, again, just referring to chat here, just like the difference between unrealistic female bodies and unrealistic male bodies. Yes, oh, God, both... oh, God, are they making that fucking argument? Yeah. God, go the read a fucking book, you moron. That, like, Batman 
and Superman may be like the pinnacle of just male buffness and whatnot. But that's but, also a male but, fantasy. <laughs> yeah, that is a male fantasy, and and they are not sexualized for it. No, like there are very few times when they are sexualized for it, and normally it's if they are, it's because it's somebody like Poison Ivy or Catwoman being a very sexual character inherently pointing out, oh, Bruce, you're so sexy. Yeah, like, but nobody comments on the fact that Batman has his abs out all the time. It's because mm-hmm. he's badass. Yeah. Like, it's, it's to compare the two is disingenuous and showcases, like, a complete lack of media literacy. Um, it's like that image you always see of, like, oh, yeah, but here's Barbie. She's, like, you know, criticised for giving girls an unrealistic expectation. And, like, of the body type they have, this is He-Man. It's a giant fucking swollen He-Man doll. It's mm-hmm. like, one, the He-Man doll... Like is so cartoonishly, um, uh, like out of proportion, where it couldn't be um, understood to be at all realistic. Whereas Barbie was specifically um, uh, framed as having realistic proportions. Yeah, to even the point where she they, is like beyond supermodel esque yeah, looking. Like she, Barbie is pitched as like you know an attainable lifestyle for little girls. Like mm-hmm. little girls are supposed to want to like you know live that lifestyle of Barbie and empathize and they dress her up and then dress up like Barbie themselves. They even had a, a famously um, uh, uh, like panned Barbie doll that had, um, uh, it's like, oh, losing weight Barbie or something like that. And it had a scale permanently set to 100 pounds and in a oh book titled How to Lose Weight simply said, don't eat. And this was sold to little girls. God. Yeah. And then you have like stuff like He-Man. That's like, you know, it's a power fantasy for little boys. Like and not... also, it's literally a super-powered being. Yeah, you are not expected to like have a body type like He-Man's. Like, that is not shown as being attainable or something you strive towards. It's, it is shown as being like you know the ultimate power fan. In both of them, like, you know, when you translate to like you know media aimed at like you know older people, mm-hmm. like both of them are framed for the male gaze. Because um, yeah. something we've talked about before is whenever you have those weird men saying, "Well, what about all these like like huge buff dudes in like comic books and stuff like that?" Like women, for the most part, I'm not gonna say all women, but like women for the most part generally don't like that body type. Yeah. Like, some do, but for the some most do, part, yeah. um, it is almost um, universal. Uh, almost universally, the case that women prefer um, more slender men uh, with androgynous features. Um, mm. And if you want proof of that, go look at any tweet by BTS. <laughs> like look at who like who like you know women fawn over mm-hmm. in terms of like looks like it's going to be um small slender androgynous looking men for the most part and yeah. again there's exceptions to that but there are yeah but yeah and it's like the story that um encapsulates that is um uh, Raiden from metal gear mm. solid 2 where um, the developers specifically made, put Raiden in the game to appeal to women because they found out women weren't playing Metal Gear Solid and were curious why. And then they went to, they got women in, asked them to play the game and asked them, oh, so what do you think of like Solid Snake? I don't like him. And they were like, what do you mean you don't like him? He's so badass, and like, but he's old and gruff and he smokes. I don't like that. And then they went, oh, well, what would you like? Well, you know, someone who looks like, you know, a pop star. So they made Raiden, you know, thin or thinner, more androgynous. Thinner, yeah. yeah. No, he's still in shape, and, uh, but, you know, but he's like, you know, more athletic. Uh, he's more athletic than bodybuilder type. Like, he's less gruff, more clean shaven. And like, you know, women fucking love that character. 
Like, look at all well, characters like Link. Well, yeah, Link is a good example. And I was about to say that even when it comes to not even, um, like, not even just sticking to humans in fiction, like, just video game characters in general, yeah. I see a lot more women uh, fought after the likes of Garrus and Thane in Mass Effect than, like, Rex or Grunt or James. Or even... Like, James is even a human, buff human dude. Yeah. We talked about and, in the video, didn't we? Like, Thane was specifically designed to appeal to women because yeah. they asked women, um, what do you like? And this is a funny story, it's true. Like, Thane, the character from Mass Effect 2, um, was specifically developed and put into the game as a, um, in response to women complaining about the fact there was nobody to romance that they liked mm. in Mass Effect 1. And the men working on the game were like, what do you mean? You've got Liara, and they don't, well, what, a curvaceous blue alien? That's mm-hmm. clearly aimed at the male gaze. And, oh, but what about Caden? It's like, what, some fucking, the milk toast, tall glass yeah. of tepid tap water? The guy with very little personality. Yeah, and uh, they went to the drawing and they asked women, what would you want? And they said, I think the exact quote was, um, Jude Law. They said, we want Jude Law. Mm. And initially, they tried to make Thane an assassin fish man. A badass um, assassin. They made him a badass fish uh, fish assassin. And women were, like, terrified of it. They, they, when they looked at it, they went, this is horrifying. Why would you ever date this? He looks like a serial killer. Yeah. And it was only after they asked them, okay, so what features do you find attractive? Went, well, no, you know, I want him to be, like, you know, soulful, mysterious. I want him to, like, you know, look like he's got a story to tell. I don't, I don't want him to, like, you know, look like a fucking murderer. And men working on mass had to be told that like, women don't want to, like, you know, date a murderer. Yeah, they want someone who looks... Look, you know, oh, here's, like, a, a fashionable, confident, stylish, like, well-groomed... Man. Admitted. A, like, alien man. Fish man alien, but still. But like, they had to, like, you know, basically walk the male designers through. Because they were just, like, making him, like, you know, huge and buff and giving him, like, you know, guns and swords. And, like, mm-hmm. that's not all we want. And like you said, they made him confident, stylish, fashionable, soulful. And who'd have thunk it? Eh? Like, and the fact that it was a, a surprise to the designers on that game, that women like stylish, confident men, says it all. And I guess, I believe, for people like listening when this comes out, or watching when this comes out, spoilers for a Fat Fiend video. Yeah, we talk about this. Up yet because we're so far ahead, I think. That video isn't actually out on Fat Fiend yet. But it is being edited at the moment. And it's it just, is, yeah. It's fascinating to see the glimpse into people's minds when their immediate response is like, but no, what about all these huge buff male characters? Like women, for the most part, don't like that. And they're put into the game, not for women, but for you. Because it's a power fantasy. And when they put in the characters that women like, men generally complain. Like, look at Raiden. Oh, he's not badass. Oh, yeah. shit. Feels like a woman. It's almost like um, those kind of men don't know what women want. And that's mm. why they suck so hard at attracting them. <laughs> it's fine, Carl, because, you know, women don't play games, as featured in a recent Fat Fiend comment I just raged at. Yeah. Uh, who, that was your... one of those comments that made me just stop looking at my phone. Yeah. Who'd your girlfriend work for again? A PlayStation. There we go. Does She-Hulk count as a power fantasy for women? No. If you look at the... I've got a She-Hulk comic... Is it behind me or is it in the other room? No, it'd be in the other room on my other bookshelf. Um, the way She-Hulk is drawn is 100% a fucking fantasy for men. There's a yeah. reason they always draw She-Hulk wearing a fucking bikini. 
And again, it's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> like her default outfit was a fucking leotard, like a V-shaped leotard. Yeah, and the fact that you're even asking that question just shows like you've got like read more books. And do you know what? Talk to more women. Like talk to women. That's and that's what we say, isn't it? In the actual in the Thane video. Probably, we, yeah. We, I think at the end, like we say, we we know that there's going to be weird men complaining in the comments or making and that exact argument you just mentioned there mm -hmm. um, to those men. Just talk to a woman. Ask like, a woman's it, opinion on it. Yeah, instead of instead of assuming what women like, like the people making Thane initially did, why not ask them what they like? And you'd be surprised at what the answer is. And I, the worst thing is, you can say that, but anyway. then it's how do people frame questions when they like when you go and speak to a woman? Is it like, well, what do you think is attractive in a man? Like, tell me what your thoughts are, or is it going to be that? They go over and it's like, well, is this sexy? Yeah, it's not going to be that. It's, it's a very different conversation to have. It is. And as well, um, if the man's response to that is, well, I don't know any women I can have that conversation with, that's part of the problem. Yeah. If there's not a woman in your life you can have that conversation with, that's part of the problem. And as well, it's really women funny like that people. Yeah. It's really funny that those men will go ahead and make those assumptions when mm. they themselves will readily admit that they do not have the knowledge to do so or any woman in their life from which to base that opinion on. Yeah. And like that, that for me, um, I went to, for high school, uh, five years of my life. It was an all girls school, to, wasn't like, it? An all boys school, yeah. Oh, sorry, um, then it was an all girls school afterwards, wasn't it? It was an all girls school for like the sixth form because it became a mixed, very one-sided, but you know, it was allowed that the, a few guys could get in each year. So for two years, then went to an all girls school, basically to try and like course correct my social abilities because I spent five years just being surrounded by guys like teenage boys and I was like I don't know how to interact with a woman without dying it's like tell you what let's go and spend time just surrounded by women but not treating them as like you know objects or anything just being a normal person around them are you and saying, it helped me massively yeah, are you saying that women are people uh, it's a controversial statement, Carl. I'm not it sure I can yeah. that far. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's the funny one. It's like, I, and I always know that that argument is marching with unwarranted confidence towards conversations like that, but the fact that it happened just the moment we started mentioning it. And please, please, like, I was being sarcastic. I know sarcasm is hard to read, but don't clip that out and blah. I hope people are sensible enough that they're an hour and 45 minutes into the conversation and realise that was a joke. Well, that's the thing, though, is that they won't. That's the issue. That's what is so like horrible. Like no matter how much I think, oh, this is clearly obviously a joke. There's somebody so out there going, oh, Lucas thinks that that women aren't people. Then great, what a dickhead. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, we can end on that because that brings us around to like the shit I was dealing with last week. Yeah, and sure. And there is no um, uh, like conclusion to that. There's no real conclusion. It's not one of those things. It's going to be ongoing. Like, we mentioned It'll earlier just... that. Like, yeah, as you say, ongoing and just kind of hopefully slowly just quietly be, fade into the background. And there'll be people who are pissed off at me who will no doubt be pissed off at me for the rest of their lives and will follow me mm. to everything that I do. But one thing I want to mention, uh, so just for clarification, just like a whole bunch of stuff went down with myself and um, a former Cracked writer. I no longer have a collaboration with Cracked. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that's no longer a thing. And um, one of the th during that um, uh, whole kerfuffle, um, a bunch of old cracked writers tuned in, like uh, chimed in, I should say, uh, to give their two pence on the um, uh, the issue. And yeah. um, one 
response that fucking slayed me. It, made, it legitimately made me think I was going insane. Um, is a former editor for the site um, giving like giving me a rundown. It's like they watched that video or you know, the um, the summation of it. Admit yep. that they skipped through the conversation in their response, but then end by saying um, it just shows um, that there's a toxicity being fostered at Cracked that wasn't there when I wrote for the site. And that like sent some, some some hamsters in my head because I was like, hang on a second. I've talked about this before, haven't I, Lucas? Like I've told some of the stories from like, you know, back You've in the day. You've mentioned to me how toxic that like writer's community was back in the day, yeah. Yeah, like one of the main like one of the co editors for like the site, one of the, like the, the biggest people on the site was like using his position to sexually harass women. Oh yeah, the the higher ups are all like disgraceful pe- people yeah, as well, yeah. I, and one of the things about that is that that happened while that guy was an editor. That was happening while he was editing for the site. This, where he's saying, like, there's no, there was no toxicity being fostered while I was there. And I legitimately thought, am I remembering this wrong? Because I thought in my head, like, well, well, he was there. Like, this is a dude who's, like, super high up on the site at the time. Am I remembering the details wrong? So I messaged um, someone I still talked to from my time back there, who just, like, has since stopped giving a fuck. And they, oh, filmed right, okay. me, and they filmed me like, no. Because um, they stuck around later than I did um, on the site behind the scenes, still doing work and stuff like that. No. Um, they're completely full of shit. Yeah. Um, they know for a fact that that's not true because they were there when the person above them was um, using their position to sexually harass women on the site to the point where several of them quit and cited that as a reason. They also worked alongside... Um, a person who was similarly doing the same thing. So even you can't even use the excuse, well, that was my immediate superior, I didn't know. It's like their co-worker, some of the people they work yeah. with every day was also doing it. And they were openly abusive towards their um, partner in full view of the entire editorial. And they got so mad, I think they just went onto the responses and just listed that and went, oh, um, didn't you just like and just listed all the things that I just mentioned there plus some other ones of like oh wasn't there also um, the most prolific writer for the site was also a shit to women and then someone else ended up like fucking abusing children oh, like such a like you know a non-toxic environment be fostered back mm. in the day there and I just it didn't to... need to be fostered Carl it was already there clearly yeah like, it, was, it was there from the start but like they got pissed off on my behalf because of that because I was like am I remembering it wrong Mm-hmm. Or do I remember the dates wrong? Because it's been like you no know, ten years since I like actively wrote for the site, and they were like, "No." Um, yeah. So that was like you know the asshole blowout that I witnessed and was like very thankful for. And oddly enough, <laughs> that never got a response. It's weird, that isn't it? Yeah. There was never. It's a weird like bookend to that entire story. That just the moment anyone gets like shut down, they don't have any response at all and yeah. just quietly back away. Yeah, I'll just stop talking about it. But I just thought that was like a really um, interesting bookend for all that. Where it's like, oh, it's a, it shows a toxicity that wasn't there when I wrote for the site. It's like your immediate superior was harassing women and there was someone openly abusive towards their partner in front of you at editorial meetings that you were there for. No toxicity there, though, Carl. Yeah. That's a fun one, that, isn't it? So that's the thing, like, when I had to reach out to that person, it's like, am I remembering this wrong? Mm, I legit yeah. thought, I, 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 like, I was like, what the hell is going on here? Like, am I remembering this wrong? Like, legitimately, I felt like I was being gaslit. 
Yeah. Do that yeah. thing of like I'm being told that I, I remember it wrong. Mm-hmm. And they said it with such confidence. Like, well, ev- there was no toxicity back in the day when I was at Crichton. And like, I was like, but I was there when it happened. Yeah. I saw it with my own eyes. It's like the one of, um, uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned, like when the um, the higher up editor got outward for being a weird sex pest. Um, uh, I, I, man- I logged back into Facebook for like, the first time in like three years or something like that to um, mm. just go into the writer's group that I'm presumably not a part of anymore. Um, yeah, and posted like, um, oh, I'm going to ask them to remove my bylines from the website because I mm. no longer wish to be associated with a website where they would, you know, protect or protect a sexual predator and continue to profit from his work and allow him to profit from having his name associated with the site. And I remember posting that and some of the writers who were like getting in on the story last week um, responded to that post saying, I don't want to do that because I still need to have my bylines on the site. Mm-hmm. I really need to like keep my name associated with a website that would do all that shit. Which is actively which has actively got a sex predator listed on the front page. Yeah. And I don't think like, that's all that, yeah. that we need to say about those kind of people. Yeah. Then you fast forward five years and like I can't believe that the site would do this. It wasn't like this when I wrote for that. And it's like remember when I immediately said I will take this hit to my um, portfolio? and standing online to make a statement about how wrong I think this is. And then remember when you were asked to do the same thing, and we're like, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Yeah, oh, well. And to, to everyone who um, uh, listened to the entire thing and then sent me a giraffe, it's appreciated. Um, I couldn't respond to many people, because I think some people, I said if people want to talk about it more, you can do that. But a lot of people just sent me a message that didn't really seem to want a response. And I think there were quite a few, because I just looked at the comments, there was quite a few comments that were just like, look, we're here. Like, we, we've heard your side of the story. Like, thank you. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like or, to... or send in support and whatnot, which is not really people... a discussion, just people wanting to um, send support, which is much appreciated. Yeah, so I did see all of those, but I, and I responded to the ones that seemed to want, um, like, you know, further response or discussion about it. But yeah, um, yeah for the most part. Um, I just saw them, read them, and just quietly went, thank you very much. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's, that's my bookend. That's like the complete asshole blowout. But yeah. And Lucas, what are we doing later? We stream twice today, don't we? I, I don't know. Are we, are we playing Battlefront again? Or are we playing Fortnite? Uh, we can play Battlefront again, yeah. We're going to play Battlefront. Do you want to go like, to play Star Wars and shoot some, like, um, some aliens? Some AI this time, rather than yeah. getting into like matches ten minutes later and getting our ass handed to us. We can do that, yeah, sure. So if anyone's listening to this live, um, we're going to be playing some Battlefront Two um, uh, online in about two hours. If anyone's listening to it after the fact, Lucas, where can they find more of your stuff? Uh, well, people can just find me online doing gaming things, um, mm-hmm. and you can find like my my Twitch here, Twitch.tv/LegendAcanto. No doubt, uh, link below. Can... Yes. There's a link in the comments, uh, mm-hmm. or comments, a link in the description. And then as well, just like um, youtube.com slash legendacano or search for legendacano on there. Mm-hmm. You can find the video version of this podcast. And then you can also find like, Carl and I playing some games on there. Uh, yeah. And I also have a gaming channel, just Carl Smallwood. If you Google that, I'm almost positive that you'll find my stuff, but I can't be sure now because I now have so many people who don't like me. And have set up like those weird subreddits and stuff. Yeah. That I'm not sure if Googling my name brings it up. 
So should we uh, do that live right now? Have you got like an incognito I've just, tab? I've up? just done it live. Do you want to do like an incognito tab search for my name and see what comes up so we can let people know? I'm curious uh, myself. Oh yeah, I'd have to do on incognito, wouldn't yeah. I? So like this is a plug of a plug, isn't it? This is a plug of a plug. I don't. I always say just Google my name, but I'm I'm genuinely not sure what will come up if people do that now. Uh, I'm guessing well, it'll be my Twitter. The, yeah, your your Twitter comes up and Fat Fiend comes up, but your personal gaming channel does not come up on the first page. Um, well, that's fair enough then. So Google, well, just go to YouTube itself and, and type, type in Carl Smallwood. Then you'll find my channel. Yeah. Much easier way of doing it, can't But I was curious, because I'm thinking, like, considering what we just mentioned, is there enough... Have I put enough stuff out there where Googling my name turns that around? Because there are. Cause I remember, it, I think it was my girlfriend said that, where she, like, um, was looking for some stuff about me and found like, one of those weird subreddits. And then Adam did the same thing. You know, bringing back Adam from the start of the podcast. Like, he was looking for the podcast, or the, the, the subreddit when it still ran. Yeah. And then he found the weird one. And on that weird one was a picture of Nisha, when she took like a selfie or something like that. No, so it was a picture of him that he took on Nisha's phone and posted it when she left it in the office. So he logged oh, on. Right. So and that's one of those stories where it's like it, you couldn't make it up where he went on looked for the subreddit for the channel, found the weird one for people who don't like me and just mm -hmm. obsess about me all day and saw a picture of his own face with the caption, Is Carl sleeping with Nisha or something like that? And it's like, oh, No. God. Why is this and then he asked me like, Why is that on your subreddit? No, oh, no, you went onto the wrong subreddit. Yeah. That's the bad yeah. one. And um, I will just... I'll round this out by... Um, result number one, two, three, four, five... So not like result six, when I do an incognito search of Carl Smallwood, is Carl Smallwood is a snowflake who can't accept people have their own opinions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my favourite thing And that's is, from that shitty subreddit that's my, as well. Do you know my favourite thing about that subreddit is? Uh, the one where they do nothing but complain. Like, oh no, Carl refuses to listen to anyone else's opinion. If you go in there and just say anything, like, I think you're being a bit excessive here. Why don't you just shut the fuck up or get a life? They'll ban you. Yeah, yeah. I've seen those, those people of like, look, I think you're taking things a bit out of context here. Like, Carl isn't an asshole, and you just get every, like the same five people come back. Like, no, he is a fucking dickhead and I know he is. Bye. What happened with the... Um the post I made last week, like you know, the, the basically the entirety of the podcast, there was yeah. um, a dude, and it's one of my, this is one of my favourite comments that we ever get on anything, I can talk about this now, to end on, is when someone will leave a comment on a video saying mm. something to the effect of, I unsubscribe from this channel and I'm still getting recommended these videos, oh, why? Yeah. And that to me is just so amazing because they're asking out loud, why am I getting recommended videos on this channel after I've unsubscribed when they instinctually click on everyone that appears in their feed and then go and, and then leave interact a with it because they go and comment why the do I keep getting these? Which is what the algorithm sees. Are you liking the content? Is why it gets fucking you, suggested. You click on it every time and you comment on it every time. No wonder it's fucking suggesting it to you. Like every single time they see one of the videos, they click on it and complain and thereby interact with it and suggest to the algorithm that, oh, if we show it to them, they'll click on it, which is like, you know, all the algorithm cares about. Yeah. And then they're wondering out loud, why am I still being suggested? This? Even though there's just a block channel button. Because you just, you every time you see one, you click it. Yeah. And that's like my oh. favourite thing to happen online. And cheers to everyone who listened. Like, and I'm real, real fucking sorry about like, the dog tangent. But I hope, I hope that whilst listening to it, there was at the very least like some value there for people. 
about just maybe like you know some perspective or mm. just seeing themselves like so if you think you've had a rough time this year or you think like you know you've not handled covid well or you know you've been struggling at least you didn't adopt and then murder a dog that's true like, that's the thing, like, that's the lowest possible bar to clear, and I didn't think that's something I'd have to say out loud, but here we are. <laughs>